Okay, let's see what's news today. Uh, the morning paper blues, huh? Oh, bad, bad, worse. Wait. Uh-oh. No, good news. The General Assembly in Richmond is working on a law to help Dominion Energy customers. If it passes, it's going to lower the cost of electricity. Uh, let me see. Right here. Wow, you're right. It saves Dominion Energy customers at least $350 million. Is it law? Mm, not yet, but I sure hope it passes. Great. Now pass me the comics. Legislation being considered by the Virginia General Assembly strengthens regulatory oversight and saves customers at least $350 million. That means a savings of about $6 to $7 a month for the average residential user, according to the State Corporation Commission, the agency that regulates utilities in Virginia. It's common sense rate relief that helps us continue doing what we do best, meeting the needs of our customers. To take action, visit dominionenergy.com forward slash rate relief. Paid for by Dominion Energy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, introducing the greatest top 10 show, The Movie Mount Rushmore, featuring the one AJ Anthony Jordan, the UK's favorite film critic, Nico DeRoe, the silver screen dude. Hey screeners, how you doing? It's myself, the one AJ, Anthony Jordan. Oh, in silver screen quality, it's me too, Nico Luro. This is more than this is 4K quality. This is nice. <laughs> this, this is beautiful, is man. This is nice. So, it's uh, been a big week, hasn't it? It's been a big week. Lots of things coming our way. Uh, oh yeah, oh, and yeah. your way. Oh yeah. <laughs> more to be announced later on, right? More to be announced later on. But I like the way that you said big because I feel like this week the silver screen dudes are looking at stuff with a bigger picture. Big picture. We've been slamming it on Instagram. We've been letting you guys know on previous episodes. It's taken way longer than we wanted it to happen. It has. Months. Not of planning the list, of just getting together. (laughs) (laughs) It's how it goes. It's how it goes. You, when, as you as you rightfully called it, two worlds colliding. So, you know, everyone has busy schedules. It's only every now and again that it will happen. That you find everyone has the same schedule to be able to meet. So let's do this. BPFC XSSD. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, the Big Picture Film Club. Ooh, we can add some... <laughs> <laughs> Introduce yourselves, guys. Tell us more about you. Um, oh, oh, no, you, you, no. you go to the mic. I know you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Presh Williams here, co-founder of Big Picture Film Club, uh, with uh, Avisha Patel, co-founder of the Big Picture Film Club. Welcome, guys. Thank hey. you, thank you for having us. Super excited. Tell us here. more about Big Picture Film Club. What is it you guys do? Um, we know they don't. They don't. <laughs> um, so it started back in uh, 2015, mm. um, and we kind of got together because we both had really the idea of just kind of screening some really interesting films that people wouldn't otherwise get the opportunity to see yeah exactly and um so we started that and um slowly it's kind of morphed into something else so like we you know we now have like a the website actually takes up perhaps more so than Mm. our events at the moment um so we do news reviews editorials like think pieces and stuff about films And just get some really interesting takes about films, um, and um, yeah, we've d- done all sorts of like uh, podcast stuff and events, screenings, yeah, worked with um, distributors on some projects. Nice, so a little yeah. bit of everything I think we've done. Yeah, yeah. 
big stuff. I love it. Yeah, I feel like they're cutting in on our territory. <laughs> <laughs> the world's had to collide. There's no, there's no cutting in. There's enough space for everyone, and I love it. What I have to do, because um, I'm the sentimental git that I am, is throw the clock way back. <laughs> ah, there's an introduction yeah. that's been yeah. made, but way before big picture, way before silver screen dudes, I used to call myself Tony NTR and Presh was calling himself King Cash and we that's actually true. met in, in a musical fashion and I love the fact that here we are yeah. now um, it's talking fate. movies. Yeah. <laughs> Worlds collide. Exactly. Yeah. And re-collide. You know? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> what is meant to be is meant to be. So... You know, good to see you guys again. And yeah, always a pleasure, guys. Yeah. And there's all sorts of other madness that links us: geekdom, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. <laughs> oh, you didn't know? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> keep throwing that one. Out. Yeah, buddy. But we were thinking, we were racking our brains. What would honor this this collision of worlds properly? What mm. would give proper credence to this? It's a debut. We're debuting together, exactly. so we thought we're going to do the top ten directorial debuts. But um. I love it. Let's start. Let's start. This is how we do this. Let's this is get how we show do this. Show on the road. Yeah. <clears throat> thank you, Mr. English. So for the so for those of you tuning in for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. Please be sure to share this podcast with any movie fans that you may know. Subscribe to the Silver Screen Dudes on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Spotify, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and anywhere where podcasts are found. How does the movie Mount Rushmore work? AJ and I and the Big Picture Film Club go our separate ways. We come back in studio and special shout out to GUAP Studios for renting out this amazing space in Peckham, London. Come and use it at your discretion, guys. I cannot speak highly enough. Amazing setup these guys have got here. Follow them on Instagram at GUAP underscore studios. How does the movie Mike Rushmore work? As I said, we go our separate ways. We come back into studio and we need to and we deliver to you, the Silver Screen Dudes, our individual top tens. When we have guests in store... AJ will go first delivering his bottom four. I will then deliver my bottom four. Then our guests will individually deliver their bottom four. After that, AJ will deliver his next three. I will deliver my next three. And so on and so forth. And then we will trade one apiece with our top three. If at any time while one person has a movie in a higher position, that person will say, Punt! And we will talk about that movie when we get to the higher position. Once we have rounded off all four of our individual top ten lists, we will create the movie Matt Rushmore. These are the four quintessential diverse must-see movies of the genre, which this week is... Directorial debuts. Love it. Also, just while we're mentioning the whole... Um recording in Peckham have to say I had to in honour just play some gigs on the way in it was just the way to do it <laughs> had to do it had to do it okay I'm still recovering from that so called gig we went to on Friday mate <laughs> hey, shout, had... shout out Lifestyle Baby my ears oh, are still mate. ringing I had a bad Saturday <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I had a Saturday <laughs> that's oh. how good it was that is how good it was yeah it was missing and we were missing the next day yeah literally uh, okay let's not waste any more time I will kick off with my number 10 and I'm going to go for an animation by director Brad Bird and I'm talking The Iron Giant Ooh. Oh, yeah, good I, I was good quite shocked at that one nice. yeah I, when nice. I, realized, I, I came like, across okay. that one Great yeah <laughs> it was one of those that hit me I was like wow I didn't actually realise that was the first and it was also, that transition, I think, after that, the next thing I saw was a bit of CG. Along, well, not CG, that different style of animation with the world of Pixar being the Incredibles. So mm. I had a lot of fun with the Iron Giant. Um, as always, it's, it was that under-the-radar cartoon for me, and I think that's yeah, why it needs that shout-out. So. Yeah, yeah, you know, Disney do what Disney do, Pixar do what Pixar do, and then out of nowhere was this little film on the side <laughs> called The Iron Giant, which had a lot of laughs. The Iron Giant, voiced by Mr. Overpaid, Vin Diesel. And here we go, on our first tangent. <laughs> it's Do you not... have something against him? He has a lot against Vin Diesel, which is what I'm so no, surprised. No, no, no. Do you know what it is, Yes, right? yes, yes. No, I... I... <laughs> so, 
I actually really appreciate Vin Diesel for the great works as Saving Private Ryan. Mm. Like that, he was a star of that, but you know, he was in there and Fast and Furious. Then I hear he doesn't want to be in too Fast and Furious because he's too big and da 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 da. Then I start to look at Vin Diesel's paychecks. <laughs> Iron Giant. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And then I am Groot. <laughs> this is the one I'm going to hit because I'm not saying it's not worth it. Right. But if he was actually doing the mocap as well, then that paycheck is worthy. Mm. Just to come in and say, he's I am not. Groot. Oh, wait, <laughs> I he, am he Groot. does. Well, oh, all right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally. Mm-hmm. That, I am Groot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to, like, okay. temper it to the scenario. So yeah. I am Groot. See, I am. That's Groot. a skill right there. <laughs> I am Groot. I, I get it. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's literally three words. Yeah. Uh, three words and I love the fact that they try to justify Mr. Diesel's paycheck by saying <laughs> we've actually written an entire script for Groot and then by reading that Vin will then react the situation by I am Groot based on whatever like don't bullshit me yeah oh, that's, wow. that's, that's <laughs> just, just don't that's, that's where my situations come mm. in don't get me wrong as the Iron Giant and parts of Groot yeah I, I, I'm down with Vin but then there are parts that shows me he's quite arrogant and I just mm. start to pull back <laughs> you know I'm still to see this movie I knew this was going to come. I'm going to be honest, I only watched it because I knew who was voicing the film and I found it quite boring. You, how old were, when, when was this? <laughs> years ago. Years ago. I was in my early teens when I first saw this and yeah. I was there with my younger brother and I had quite a laugh of it. I was like, hey, you know what? It reminds me of a book. I cannot remember what book it was that I read at school at the time. Big Friendly Giant? Big, big, yeah. No, 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 no. It was, about, <laughs> it was about a... Um, big Friendly Giant. I love the way you're assisting me here. We both probably read it at school. It was about like a giant robot at something, but I cannot remember what the it fuck? was. Giant robot? Yeah. I'm sure we had the same curriculum. So I, I remember being force-fed... Lots of bad books. I know, but I can't remember I don't what remember English that, class I, I had. That. It really reminds me of a book, and I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was casual reading during my school days, and that was made it somewhat more sentimental for me. But there was something there that I remember, and I had there was a few jokes. The um, inspector who's trying to discover the hidden alien that's just landed was always a bit of fun. But well, you've got one <laughs> side saying it's a bit of fun, you've got another side saying it's boring. Nico, check it out and come back to us. <laughs> well, I have to listen. My extent of my knowledge of the Iron Giant literally doesn't go beyond Ready Player One. When they bring up the oh, Iron yeah. Giant at the Fair end, enough. like, Fair Fair I was like, I guess this is a big deal, given that it's the big masterpiece moment. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Personally, I'm still vexed the fact that they put Gundam in, in there and Optimus Prime was nowhere to be seen. Fuck them. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I, I was cool with it. I, 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 I can live with this, but if you know his childhood and his love for the Transformers and Optimus Prime at the oh, top, okay. mm-hmm. there is nothing oh, more right. we can do. And just, that's why I just keep this quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep quiet because anything you say may offend and will be held against you. <laughs> the police will say for the longest time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your number nine. Yeah, my number nine, Fruitvale Station. Ooh, I knew I you were going to go with that. Okay. I'm surprised it's that low. Well, I'm really come. surprised there's, you put it that there's, there's more to come there's more to come as I said about Fruitvale Station a couple of weeks ago I really enjoyed the film Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan make magic yeah, make yeah exactly it, it, that was the beginning of the magic made I really enjoyed the film the problem I have with this film is the the lack of justice that you see or yeah. the, the, the outcome of the whole situation for something that has such a huge impact mm. that it did, that you see like at the end of the film, how many years later people are still protesting about it. Why? I'm, I've just seen a day in the life of, mm. followed by 
anything, even if I just saw a court case. Yeah. You know, yeah. even if I saw that policeman's excuse, right. which mm. I don't know if you guys know it, he believes he reached for his taser as opposed to his gun. All of that. Mm. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. But you, you. But it does reflect on current society. It does. Like that yeah. is, this is it. We don't get justice. Yeah, that, no, that's, that's really that's true. Just, yeah. But this is it. Let us see the fact that you don't get that justice. Right. Whereas we just saw it just ended, Oscar yeah. there, and then it's like, okay, we've lost him. Right. Followed by real life recording of you know everyone yeah. standing out there why did we not see okay look this guy hadn't done anything wrong what right. did the police officer did he get arrested did he get away with it right. like we were just left we didn't get, get yeah the there was nothing yeah and that's what i felt was missing in that film so shot beautifully great story to follow mm. but we you know it's not like you have fruit our station two or anything right. like that so give us no give us that extra bit right cut something else out maybe mm. a bit of the beginning maybe to give us more of the end, which mm. is what essentially you needed just to know, like, yeah, it's a great injustice, but was it? Did the guy go down? Yeah. Was he sentenced to death? Like, what no one actually knows. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And that was my, which, my argument with that film. But I mean, I, I think perhaps because you have so many kind of pressing questions in terms of how it ended, um, it probably done its job in some weird sort of way. It's exactly. Kind of like, it's a to yeah. 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 No, I get that. I get that. That's I agree. exactly why I was going. I mean, artistically, yeah, yeah, artistically, yeah, artistically. Both at the end, and yeah. yeah. In terms of being fulfilled by a beginning to a narrative, yeah, it might leave you wanting. But in ter- I think what Googler was going for was to be like, so this happens way too often, mostly in the USA, and once it's all said and done, no one hears anything about it again. True, true. I could never deny that. I think what also gives Fruitvale Station a very unlucky rating in my view is that i did see it post when they see us and if you (laughs) if you're gonna you know when you start weighing up true life events and you bring that one in there it is always a it's going to be a tough challenge that you're going to have to take on but no i do agree with that view and the good thing is it does make you want to go further as it did me yeah and it then makes makes us all more aware and hopefully touch wood (laughs) we start to see that bit more of a change but hey still yet to come but the word is being spread. Yeah, so that, that's, that, that is good. Definitely. Did you check um, that hate you gave? I haven't. Was I, it that, I, this year yeah, or last year? Yeah. 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 Last year? Yeah. So I remember you telling me fantastic stuff about it. It's just still on the TBC list. But no, I am very, mu- very much invested in wanting to see that film. No, you do. It's uh, You, you want to get a hold of that one. It's, again, more the, the more these movies get made, I think, the better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, my number eight C. is. Can we go? Oh, I said C. C. Okay, right. <laughs> Money Talks, the Brett Ratner Ooh. movie. Ooh. Brett Ratner. Yeah, Brett Ratner. Anyone seen it? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> great, great film. Um, I didn't put it on my list, but um, yeah, man, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker and Charlie Sheen. Charlie, yeah. yeah. Um, hilarious duo, and it's just. It's a fun watch. It is. It's a fun it is. watch. It is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's outrageous. It's brash. It's if we fun. haven't seen it, what's it about? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to hit this? Do you know what it is? You get the very early stages of what would build Rush Hour. Yeah, you do, yeah. and had because I'd seen Rush Hour first, I'm like, this film reminds me, and the fact that it's got Chris Tucker as well rings it. And so Brett Ratner. You've got, uh, it, it, well, yeah, <laughs> at the time, I didn't know it was Ratner until I done. I was like, wow, okay, here we go. This explains it all. So what you have is it's very much the same kind of story where Chris Tucker is a small time thief who well, hustler. He sells tickets on the side, so he always gets people tickets to basketball games, anything in the middle of New York, and he gets arrested for it, and. 
when he's actually going off to jail, he's actually being, how can I say this? He's, the, the, the truck that's taken him to prison is actually hijacked because the guy he's handcuffed to is a major big time player who's involved in diamond, jewel, um, diamond theft, I believe. Right. So these guys have busted him out and they're like, okay, we're going to bring him along because he was handcuffed and he's getting into their helicopter and they realize, and the more he's listening, these guys are actually going to kill him <laughs> because they're like, okay, he's heard too much and there's going to be more to it. So he's now jumped out of the helicopter and he's trying to plan his escape. But in obviously when they smuggled these guys out, they've killed a load of police. Right. He's now trying to clear his name. And this is where he comes across recently fired, famous news anchor played by Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. And the madness ensues on how he can... You, he's streetwise knowledge mixed with Charlie Sheen as this brash reporter and reveal the truth of what's really gone on as they've got him down as the main perpetrator behind this grand escape. And as I said, it's very early stages of rush hour and you have a good amount of fun with it. I really did enjoy this one. Back in the day, before Chris Tucker went nuts. <laughs> what did he discover again? <laughs> don't, don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> We're not only affecting our subscribers here today, yeah? <laughs> Do not go there. <laughs> Do not go there. <laughs> he just found a new way of life. We'll, call it, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that, yeah? I just think that scene with that little line he does, it says from Rush Hour, you know, in the, um, the outtakes at the end, I've been studying booty. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and that shit now transpired into real life, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I when think that's film where, mimics life. Yeah, and I think that's where Rush Hour 3 took a hit, actually, because Chris had started to become Mental. a man who... <laughs> a man who couldn't be the man he formerly was, and there were certain lines he couldn't say, and there was stuff, so he, it went down a, a different route. Yes. Yeah. Your number seven? My number seven, I think this one, it hurts me that it's so high up in the list but it is what it is because mm-hmm. the others are what they are the Richard Kelly debut Dolly Darko uh, punt okay that is a punt so and that's, that's me done that's me you done over to me my number 10 okay controversial pick here right off the bat I've got to right. just I'm going to have to defend this more than promote it but it's The Room by Tommy Wiseau punt. thought so <laughs> <laughs> is this a punt yeah did I call that correct from off radio yeah. <laughs> Mystic Nick. <laughs> yeah, buddy. From Psychic Powers kicking in. Uh, number nine, Toy Story by John Lasseter. Oh, that's Ooh, a pun. I did that have this on my list, but I had to take him off due to controversy. Oh, why? What is this controversy? Hashtag, Hashtag me too, brother. Me too. Oh. So there were yeah. some allegations against him and he was kind of... Is it a pun? It was a pun. It's a pun, cool. Okay. <laughs> uh, number eight... I'll be really happy if some of you have seen this one. Um, it's an Australian horror movie called The Babadook by Jennifer Kent. You have brought this saw up the before. trailer. I heard it's didn't really get good. Re- yeah, I, but I'm I didn't not get around horror to films, seeing it. But like I've I've only heard good things about it. But like, mm. what's it it's, about? It's really good. So you know how we've got this new wave of horror that basically James Wan brought in things like Insidious and The Conjuring, mm. which are very different to the old school horror movies. Whereby the old school horror movies they don't really show you. The, demon, the demons or the ghosts or anything. The, the new horror seems to be a lot more about the monsters or the demons or whatever the creature in the relevant movie is being very much, you know, a, a visual disturbance. You know, it hits you in a very raw way. Yeah. Um, much the way H.R. Geiger's aliens, you know, they're very, very sexual, but you wouldn't look at them and think, oh, I, you know, that turns me on. But there's something very sexual about them, isn't there? So the, this is an incredibly 
visually disturbing monster, the Babadook. It's basically about a mother who's suffering from PTSD. Yeah. She's got a young kid. Uh, the young kid is having these visions. Now, these visions are the visions of the Babadook. But now you combine that with the mother's state of mind, which is getting to a stage where she doesn't know what's real and what's not real anymore. Having her son tell her, this shit's real and it's coming to get us. And then it is real. She's being haunted. But it's a really, really clever play on someone someone having um, a mental illness with an actual haunting going on in the process. Nice. It's it's nice. very clever. And it's all, I like it when horror movies do that, where they kind of make you question, is this shit happening or is it not? And then when you see it happening, you say, oh, I wish it wasn't happening. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, no, the Babadook's genuinely unsettling. And it's one of those, one of those horror movies that stays with you quite a while after you've watched it, like The Conjuring. They really, really hang around and mess with you for a few days. Like, you don't have good sleep after that. <laughs> it's a good one. Really, really recommend the Babadook. Um, Sounds interesting. It's a goodie. My seven is uh, Nightcrawler by Dan Gilroy. Oh, I did not realize that was that. Okay, okay. That's a good <laughs> start. Good shot. Nice. Good shot. How did Jake Gyllenhaal not win the uh, or even right. be nominated? How was he not nominated? It was phenomenal. He was unreal. Like yeah. I don't know what I don't know what they did to him. That's a debut. <gasps> Yeah. Right, yeah. I did not know that. Wow. Know. Okay. Right. Big. And then, I mean, his second movie, I really enjoyed. You hated um, Velvet Buzzsaw. I've really liked it. It's on Netflix if you want to check it out. But I no. am yet to give it another shot. I came in expecting the comedy, and it no. When, when you go in expecting one <laughs> thing and you're just thrown off, I was like, nah. No, 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 no. It's a meta neo horror movie. That one. Yeah. It's definitely. It's, it's far from a comedy. Um, no, Nightcrawler, I mean, you've all seen it, haven't you? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, phenomenal. For the viewers, it, it might be one that the Silver Screen dudes have kept under their radar, but, I mean, I really recommend checking it out. Jake Gyllenhaal plays, I mean, someone who's very, very, very on the edge of society. Think Rupert Pupkin from King of Comedy or, you know, Arthur Fleck from The Joker, that type of mm. on-the-side-of-society character. And he discovers that, there's money to be made in night calling, which is essentially amateur video of crimes, accidents as they're happening. And then he finds that there's a little blank spot to be made by making the crimes manifest themselves in a way that makes it as cinematic as possible for him. And he goes to some very, very, very dark places with, you know, it's whereby it starts all tame and casual. Like, oh, here's a car crash. Run, film it. Quick, 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 quick. Next thing is I'm going to follow people inside a house and watch them mm. murder a whole mm. family. <laughs> you know, it goes to dark yeah, places. Yeah. Or, you know, even what he does to his partner at the end. Oh, it, oh, oh yeah. man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's terrible. And it's a brilliant bit of critique at the end, isn't it? Because, you know, nothing happens to him. He ends up with a huge fleet Mm. A fleet of nightcrawlers. Keep the spoilers down. I know we've all seen it, but <laughs> <laughs> we're here to advise. We're edutaining. But yes, that <laughs> was my right. seven. Yeah, that is a big one. That is a big shout. I had no idea. That was uh, yeah, I, I was really surprised that that it was a directorial debut. Um, my number ten is uh, Bullet Boy, directed by Saul Dib. Oh, that's um, an old one. Yeah, two thousand and four. Um, that stars Ashley Walters. Yeah. So, Top boy. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, it's like a kind of a... I describe it as a coming-of-age crime drama. That's fair to say. Um, and I have, like, particular issues, I think, with particularly British hood films that, mm. you know, 
could be addressed but this one seemed particularly like more a lot more nuanced a lot more thought out um there's uh, a character uh in ashley walters and we see his journey and it feels authentic it's not like crime and like bashing and like death and murder for like the sake of it you understand the context of the environment and um so yeah big up to Saul for that um I just felt it wasn't as strong as some of the others in terms of the acting uh, uh, on my list. But yeah, that's uh, that's my number 10. I um, think Ashley Walters was still cutting his teeth on this, really, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, very much so. Like, he'd done some earlier work, some TV stuff, yeah. um, but that was his first lead role, yeah. kind of, this is on you, make it work. Um, <clears throat> my number nine is... Daniel Mirick and Eduardo Sanchez, directors of The Blair Witch Project. Oh, great shout. That is a good one. Great shout. Um, Yeah, so... Did they ever do anything else? Or is this a one-and-done duo? uh, I can't can't quite figure it out. But, um, yeah, I mean, The Blair Witch Project, it's... You know, it's of its time, very 100%. much so. If it comes out five years earlier, it just it's a crap student film. Five years later, no one no cares. One cares. It's like lighting well, in a marketing bottle. around the film was yeah, done brilliantly. So if you insane like marketing. study case studies and stuff on film marketing, the Blair Witch Project will always come up. Oh, it yeah, would. Yeah, it yeah, would. Yeah. It changed. It not only brought in a new era of cinema because yeah. the moment that happened everyone jumped on the found footage bandwagon yeah. and it's trickled yeah. all the way down now to people on youtube doing it yeah. you know on a fake level um but it was the marketing because they got the world believing that, that this was, was a found footage yeah. yeah without that marketing campaign this movie it's doesn't genius. work it's and it's interesting like it came out in 99 so like 99 you had um was it star wars episode one mm-hmm. and you had things like uh else what else big came out that year but you had like a lot of more um a lot more cgi used on films Uh, technology was improving at that time but conversely that means technology improves enough Mm -hmm. for you to make a Mm. low budget film yeah Yeah. that enters theaters in that sort of way it's like yeah it's a film of its time the right time and uh yeah it's um but do you know what I find absolutely fascinating about it is that I've obviously rewatched it, as I'm sure we all have numerous times, and even knowing it's fake, mm. it's still fucking unsettling. Yeah. yeah. They weren't good. They weren't big. They weren't big like, on that one. For a group of unknown actors with a bloody handicam to make me feel yeah. that uncomfortable, it's like, you never see anything. You know, yeah, fam- fam- you don't. Yeah. You, don't. <laughs> you don't know what you're scared of. Family Guy yeah. took the piss out of it, didn't they? When Brian took the blind guy to the cinema to see the Blair Witch Project. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. <laughs> They're walking in the woods. Something about a map. Nothing's happening. They're in a house and over. <laughs> if you break it down in a cynical way, that's literally <laughs> it. But it's fucking unsettling. That is the power of cinema. That it is. is. That, that, you know. It is. I mean, I wouldn't go through the Black Hills Forest in Maryland. Bugger that. Point that. Good point. Uh, So I need to give two more. That was your nine, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so two more. Uh, Okay. Um, I'm kind of just shooting at the hip because I just have ten around (laughs) at once. Come on. Oh, it's always hard, isn't it? Okay. (laughs) um, I've been there. I Am Not a Witch by uh, Rangano and Yoni. Um, so not heard of this. Okay, cool. It's, it's a really super clever film. Um, so she's um, originally from Zambia, 
and um, she came to the UK like quite young, Wales specifically. And so her film, I'm Not a Witch, is like based in a village in Zambia, like a lot of it's in the local dialect. And it's literally about like um, uh, an orphan who comes to the village and she's kind of like cast as a witch. Like people don't know where she's from, she has no connections and it's <clears throat> it tackles like a very specific cultural issue but does it in a way that there's a lot of comedic elements in it when mm. you're seeing like the interplay with uh, the different villages and how they look at people who have been cast as witches why people have been mm. kind of cast as witches for no real mm. reason whatsoever um, like just even like the hierarchy in the, the village between like uh, the uh, queen of the, the kingdom and the government and how that kind of interplays with each other uh it's a fantastic debut um and like the cinematography's wonderful score is incredible and it, it feels weird because like a lot of the comedic like beats and how, how it plays out it's almost like english humor but it's like put on something like culturally specific to zambia in um, in a village in Zambia, and yeah, it's it's uh, really really creatively thought out, and um, yeah, I hope to like uh, see more films from her. Like, uh, I don't know what she's doing for her next film, but yeah, that's totally interesting. Do. Just from what you've told me about the the thing I find fascinating when you hear about things like even if it's not based on a true story, the fact that they went with the story that was you know a girl in Z- uh, Zambia being outcast as a witch. Just think about that word witch. Think about the mm. historical implications of that. That goes all the way back. You know, that goes way back. That predates uh, Christianity. But, you know, the Christianities essentially popularized witch, didn't they? They had a book called the Malaeus Maleficarum, which essentially taught the, ter- taught the church how to hunt and kill witches. Wow. wow. You know? So, I mean, the fact that... that and that was in very, 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 very white, mm. <laughs> white culture, you know? Yeah. So the fact that this one word, witch, is is prevalent in Christianity, but it's also prevalent in somewhere like Zambia. Yeah. Shows we're all part of the same world. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, in many respects, yeah. Um, my last... Last one. My seventh one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is uh, b- 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 Spike Jones uh, being John Malkovich. Yeah, uh, honourable. <laughs> it's... Honourable. It's a head trip. Um, oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Not that I endorse the use of drugs, but if you do partake, watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, for those who haven't seen it, I you know, thoroughly recommend it. And um, it um, talks, it deals with a puppeteer who you know is kind of finding himself, um, gets a job because he needs one, and um, discovers through some roundabout way <laughs> that um, he no can, explanation given. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Even if I explain the film, like, you have to see it visually. Um, it's, it's a very visual film. Um, he um, manages to find a tunnel to enter the mind of the actor John Malkovich. Um, and it's, it plays into something. There's a bigger element of play here, um, uh, which is kind of revealed at the end. But, yeah, it... Uh, 
it deals with you know a fulfillment of self and uh, being able to see people through other people's eyes and what that means to you um wanting to be people we're not yeah wanting to live vicariously through someone else yeah. it's all yeah. sorts of weird implications going on with this film yeah um it's it's a head trip it is a massive so, head trip and i'll give a spoiler out so at one point which i think is the most tripped out bit of the film john malkovich enters the head of john like, enters the consciousness <laughs> of john malkovich, malkovich. And that, <laughs> and that is just the most trippy thing ever in cinema, ever. Malkovich. It's yeah, it's hashtag Malkovich. Literally hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I like Throw that hashtag up for this show. Malkovich, Malkovich. Uh... Where did I get to? Um, that was your seven, yeah? Okay, yeah. All right, that's you done. Um, I think... Unless I'm wrong, you may want to change the camera battery on this one because okay. we've done 30 yeah, minutes now. Cool. Have a look at it and over to your esteemed colleague. Hello, hello. Okay, I've got some curveballs, I hope, in here. Um, okay, number 10, David Merkin, Michelle Romy's High School Reunion. Romy and Michelle's yeah. High School Reunion. I like I like I really liked it. it was, Throwback. Yeah. One of my favourites, I think, old school type quirky yeah 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 it's just a it's just a easy watch it is, it's fun it is. it's funny um they're just really great together as well they yeah. bounce off each other really well there was good chemistry um yeah. and just a great story as well it's just like that feel good at the end they get the happy ending i'm gonna um, do a double take here and say the silver screen dudes half may not have ever watched Ooh. romy and michelle so you're gonna need to Too edutain on this bro. one maybe maybe <laughs> maybe edutain what's romy and michelle about um, so it's these two friends from high school who, um, as they were growing up, didn't really get on with the popular kids. Um, and they've now fast forward 20 years later and they're doing okay for themselves and their reunion's coming up, but they really want to show out for their the bullies that, that kept them down during school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're married to the rich now and they're housewives and stuff. And these girls are still like climbing the career ladder and things like that. So it's that feel good of I've arrived, I'm here, it's a reunion, I'm mm-hmm. going to have my happy ending. And all these sort of weird, quirky things as they do happen in the film. I won't spoil it too much. It is a good watch. It is it a good is, watch. Is. Yeah. If any of you have ever been bullied, this is the one for This you. is the one. That, that, re- <laughs> that moment of This is your moment. Exactly. Um, all right, that's number 10. So number nine. Wait. Hugh Wilson, Police Academy. Oh, <laughs> the guns are coming out today. I yes. like it. I like oh, it. Oh, wow. Okay. Got the reaction that I <laughs> <laughs> oh, It just spurred so many, like sequels, and they yeah. were all great. Yeah, and yeah, the funny yeah. thing behind that is, not too long ago, I just acquired the, the whole collection. I didn't realize it Did was you really? Big, yeah. yeah. I know they're all, like, all the different sequels are then directed by other people, yeah, but this uh, was the, the first one of the, the franchise, yeah. if you will. Mm. Um, how many careers it kicked off. No, oh, mental. Yeah. Mental. And just yeah, just so it's just a fun watch, isn't it? Yeah, just a good watch. Feel you good. watch it just for the guy who does the sound, the sound effects. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Insane! I I legit Mental. thought it was fake. And no, so no. Like he, this is yeah. this is the real yeah. sounds coming from his mouth. This is insane. A lot of people call him the father of beatboxing. Oh wow, mm. that, that would make that. sense. <laughs> No, it's brilliant, Police Academy. Good old school comedy. Not applicable for a modern audience, though. No, yeah, very not PC. Not PC at all. So it's a little bit sensitive. Which is why it's great. (laughs) True. Um, Okay, number eight. Eight. 
Ben Younger and Boiler Room. Boiler Room, I've not I, seen I'm, this. I've yeah. not seen it. Yet. Please educate. Okay, so it's... Edutain, um, edutain. edutain. Oh, my bad. So, <laughs> it, it's one of Vin Diesel's earliers, I know. No, no, I, oh, he's here again. <laughs> Twice in one week. Hey, congratulations. Um, so it's one of his earlier films, and actually one I really enjoyed, and it put me on Giovanni Ribsy. He's uh, one of the main characters, and it's a group of guys who work in the stock market exchange, and they sell shares and all this stuff, and they live a good life. They've got the big houses, they've got the cars, they've got the women... And his character eventually finds out that everything that they're trading on is fake. It doesn't exist. Ooh. And that's Big shot. The, yeah. That's the boiler room. So it's all the how that all falls apart. Very interesting. Very well shot. Is it's it easier great. to digest than the Big Short? Yeah, definitely easier. I would watch that before I watch the Big Short. Okay. Just to like give you a little bit of ground context. That may help actually, because I've always said this. I, was it just last week, the week before? Mm. Yeah. I love the Big Short, but yeah. it's boy, very hard I, to digest. Yeah. Because yeah. that world of finance is, is not for everyday people. To no, it's not. The vernacular. Yeah. Which is why they got yeah. rid of. Which is why they managed to do what they did. Mm. <laughs> no one understood yeah. what the yeah, fuck exactly. was going yeah, on. Understands how this this world works for finance so um it's a great insight into mm. all of all of those tricks and trades would you say it's on the sort of level of something like wall street with um Ooh. yeah i would say What's it's like face? a junior wall street Douglas, uh, Michael, 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 yeah. junior type wall street i okay. would say if they had the budget that's what it could have become okay what? but it's that sort of level of understanding yeah, yeah okay yeah. cool it's easy to follow you understand what's going on through the film and just yeah it put me on giovanna risby ribsy one of my favorite actors. He's 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 a he's weird awesome. one, Ribisi, yeah. because it's he's got he's such a talent, but he just hasn't been able to land the roles. This is the thing; it's like, a weird he's always one. in the quirky roles, and he just delivers. He the just one delivers. film I really thought would have launched him would have been Avatar. Was he an actor? You're just proving my point. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he's literally he's literally the head of the corporation. Get out! Oh, yes, yeah. yes. We're on Pandora yes. to get the unobtainium. By that, the way, James Cameron, I can't fucking forgive you for that unobtainium. Uh, <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> no, but that was he was the one who was who brought everyone who financed mm. the trip to Pandora, which is ah. what the, kicked off the movie. And you would have thought, okay, he's in a James Cameron movie until recently, biggest film of all time. Mm. How has this guy not had a career? Right. Yeah. How? He's just so talented. So yeah. Talented. Wait, is he? Um, Am I thinking of the same person as uh, uh, His Phoebe's, Phoebe's, Phoebe's brother? brother. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's Phoebe's it. Yeah, brother, yeah, yeah. the creepy guy yeah. from ah um, <laughs> oh, from ah. Oh, what's the teddy bear movie? Ted. Ted. Thank you. Ted. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the name. He's always that awkward, weird side character, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I really want to see him mm. in like a lead. I'd like to see. Do you, do you guys remember Prison Break? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Oh, who was the guy who turned his pockets inside out? Ooh, teabag. Teabag. I'd like to <laughs> see him do a teabag type of role. That, oh, I, think I think Rabisi would, would be amazing would at that. He would kill that. Yeah. I think he would kill that. Yeah, so that's number eight. That was eight. eight. Ooh, number seven. Number seven. No punting so far. This is diverse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with this only because I saw it recently. Mm -hmm. Christian, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Christian Goodgast, Den of Thieves. Yeah, I heard good things about this. I missed it. Oh, no. I love this film. Didn't, uh, didn't it's it on out, Netflix. So, oh, is it on there now? Yeah, okay, it's on sweet. Netflix. Um, 50, 50 you've got, um, what's his name? Pablo Schreiber. Um, Pablo uh, Schreiber? Pablo. Um, so, Liev's brother. I didn't know it. Well, yeah, fine. Yeah. Edutained again. He, he <laughs> actually, I remember him from um, Law and Order SVU. He played a psycho on there, so I really can't get that out of my mind. But he kills this role. Um, Gerald and, Butler, is it? Huh? Gerald Michael yeah. Michael Caine's in this. 
So is Charlie Cox is in this too, isn't he? Den of Thieves. No. Um, it's no, got Ice Cube. It's um, um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yes. Sorry, I'm mixing yeah, it. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. This did so look re- good. Really good film. A lot of um, unexpected plots and twists and stuff, which I think you guys would appreciate, mm. knowing your background in film and stuff. So um, I definitely recommend it. Good action film. Good dialogue. Good, good storyline. <clears throat> Nice. Is, solid, is, solid film. Is Gerard Butler playing Gerard Butler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They Does didn't give him many <laughs> Man, he's typecast, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, he plays the cop in this one, so I don't know. If Does he put on his Scottish accent? No, no Scottish accent. Sorry. I'll take you to jail. It's oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Gerard Butler. Seven. That was your seven, that right? Seven. Nice. Okay, AJ, back to you. Okay, your number six. Right, back to me. Okay, my number six. Let's have some fun with Guy Ritchie. A lock, stock, and two smoking oh, yeah. bands. Great I, shout. I, I thought about that, and I don't know why I didn't include that in my list. But Do yeah. you know what? It's yeah. like that. This is what. I'm actually glad that there's so many of us because even between us, I don't mm. think you can cover so many yeah. great Truth. in great any given subject. Yeah. So. I know exactly why I left this off because I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about it. Damn it. That's a great shout as well of um, admission. I like that. Oh, mate, great choice. I'm really <sighs> fucking angry I've left this off. This, I mean... I mean, we've all seen it. it. It's British gangster films of yeah. its time. I, I'm always, you know, it's one of those things. Is it of its time? Fuck, it's timeless. It's timeless. But, you know, I mean, when I say it, it, like, it just came at the perfect time. Yes. It was yeah, at yeah, that yeah. time you, you were legally allowed to walk into a cinema and watch these kind of films. And I'm forever <laughs> grateful for that time. That are oh, just, just madness that Guy Ritchie creates. Mm. Between these and Snatch, I'm always just in love with the films that come out. And the madness... <laughs> of how you have these different guys just trying to make a way and getting involved in the madness and I just remember I always remember that moment where the camera I don't even know how to describe that camera shot but when he realises he's fucked up and you could just see the blur and he's just walking around the entire pub like shit this has gone wrong (laughs) Uh, it's the the three posh, posh English boys who grow the weed that I'll, I'll never yeah. forget. <laughs> I, I thought that was brilliant. But do you, do you know what I've always thought? You know how we grew up with mostly Americana movies and, you know, you watch yeah. films like Taxi Driver and shit and you think to yourself living in the UK, shit, New York looks dangerous. Yeah. I wonder if they see that and go, fuck, that was English. That's a good point. Sometimes you think, because I think so many people picture New York as black cabs, Buckingham Palace, uh, not New York, London, sorry, black cabs and yeah. Buckingham mm. Palace and everyone has tea with the Queen. They're like, then yeah. you see Lockstock and like, these Brits are just trying to convince us that they can do something. You know, no, <laughs> we do this. <laughs> this is how we're we live. <laughs> so when you're upper class society in England, you grow the marijuana. When you're lower class, you steal the marijuana. And when you're top of the food chain, you're on a porn industry and kill people with dildos. <laughs> do you know what line that always sticks to me from Lockstock? You know my dad. You call him Mr. Jordan, but his real name is... Winston. Right. <laughs> because of that, and all my dad worked at my school, I had one friend, Scott, and the famous line that he always says was, Chill, Winston. <laughs> <laughs> Chill, Winston. Yes, I remember. Oh, I'm always getting that. Every time he'd see my dad, he'd be like, Chill, Winston. And my dad's like, what, what the hell is he <laughs> 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 is, that, is that what Scott's calling me? That... <laughs> oh, I love it. And the two Scousers. Can we talk about the two Scousers? Oh, mate, I mean, they were great. Uh, the bit. one who gets a permanent gets shot off by a shotgun. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Barry, we want them guns. It's oh, you can't make this shit up. No, you can't. So good, 
Such a good show. You know, another thing that makes this one quite classical is when you think of all the fame of Garage that kicked off, mm. Oxide and Neutrino used the stop. I've been shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. shot. Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. Oh, you got you to love Lockstock. You got to love Lockstock. Oh, and speaking yeah. of shot, that scene when they're in the cage. Yeah, 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 that yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been <laughs> shot. <laughs> the fucking leading I don't fucking believe this. Could everyone stop being shot, please? <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember that? Oh, I, can't remember, oh, I can't remember the actor's name. And I've met him in real life as well. He had the big afro and when he kept breaking the table. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, was it Sol? No, well, it wasn't Sol, Sol was, was from Snatch. Snatch, that's what I'm thinking. I can't remember his name. Uh, nor can I, but he, he, yeah, he's yeah. the main guy. Yeah. Looks like a teddy bear, not a teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I met him once and I was like, dude, honour. <laughs> honour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, love, 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 love stuff. Uh, he's got like, that best line too. I don't get this, Nick. Is this some white cunt joke that black cunts just don't get? Because <laughs> I'm not fucking laughing, Nicholas. <laughs> Sounds like something I would say. <laughs> so good. So right, mate. Great shout Thank on that. Thank you very much. Right, my number five. Hang on. Yes, sorry. Yes, carry yeah. on. I, I can count. Yeah. You can. So I on, can't. On this episode, normally I do tend to be like, oh shit, did I get that wrong? So this one. I'm going to put a big shout out to this director. I know he ruined the franchise for you, so I am going to put my apologies. Oh, careful out. where we're going here. Who? It is the man. Oh, fuck you hard. He's. Why don't we No, 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 no. Small hint: there was someone he was looking for in Ready Player One. The director behind the Transformers franchise. I'm talking Michael Bay. Die. Come on. Okay. Yeah. What? What movie? Bad Boys. Ah, yeah. Fuck you. You can't hate bad no, boys. No, you, you can't hate bad boys. You can't hate bad boys. I probably would have put it in the same ca- in the same group. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'll put it on six. Yeah. Was... Okay, but that's a pun, yeah. Okay, so your number four. My number four was the one that I punted on earlier, Mister mm-hmm. Lasseter's Toy Story. Mm. So I'm gonna before I get into the, I think we all know Toy Story. I'm. I, it feels a bit controversial, but I do feel a bit ignorant. Please hit me with the Me Too. Uh, so he, there have been allegations against him about overstepping the boundaries. Seriously. With, with colleagues. Mm. Um, and it's just the way also it's been handled. So he's been allowed, he's not been fired. He's been allowed to kind of step away quietly. So it's all the handling. Uh, I mean, they nudged him out the yeah, door, didn't they? So like, yeah, you know, but uh, they were all, yeah. 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 So that, I think... Just, Disney handled that well in the sense that they weren't going to openly say John Lasseter fine right. because for hashtag me too it's like well got to tread a line here because mm-hmm. on one hand this guy has essentially created Pixar, Pixar for exactly. us and we, we can't have Pixar being associated mm-hmm. with that so we're going to gently pay him off and say mm-hmm. you need to leave I am torn I am torn because well, there's no the, torn he's no, a no, dirty no, no, motherfucker no no no, yeah. no 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 about the way it's handled because I agree with what you're saying yes we owe him a lot mm. but in the same breath I think there's a lot in saying I don't care what you've created wrong is wrong goodbye yeah <clears throat> yeah they're not going to do that <laughs> not, not like the billions that Pixar makes it's too much no but I don't I don't think that Pixar would <sighs> maybe maybe I don't know it's not a question of you don't think if it would happen Disney were like we'll be damned if we're even considering the possibility yeah, yeah. of that That's happening you can't, you can't take the risk you then take absolutely the risk. not taking the P- risk Pixar is it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a juggernaut I find yeah. it hard now separating the art so I have that with Spacey. Yeah. I yes. severely have that with Spacey, so yeah. I know exactly it's, what you yeah. It just kind of like puts I, a taint on Yeah, I don't think you can. Product. 
uh, uh, I don't listen to R. Kelly songs anymore. Do you know how much that hurts? This like, is it. This is why I, I mean? can't watch yeah. Surviving R. Kelly. I, you need I to watch Surviving I sh- R. Kelly. I shouldn't. I shouldn't forgive him in that way and be like, right. I'm not going to watch this because I enjoy your songs. Right. But but you have to watch that documentary. But this man. Is it. I know it's there and it's on Netflix. And mm. Each time I'm like. No, you, you need to. But I've heard it is so sh- I heard it really rocks you that people. Mm. I've, I know people who lost sleep over it. It makes the yeah. Michael Jackson documentary look like Home Alone. Right. Oh wow. Yeah, it's it's deep. There's just so many layers to it as well. It just yes. made. Do you know the thing that really stuck with me was the fact that he forged Aaliyah's the birth certificate so, so she could legally, legally get, get married, married, but yeah. she was fifteen. Yeah. Kind of makes you think of age ain't nothing but a number in a whole different context. Completely, yeah, oh, it just completely changes the context. I mean, though. people were saying that at the time because people, but oh, yeah, like yeah, but mate, yeah. the the manipulation mm. that goes That's into the way he, he targets he's, people. He's, I mean, he's a fucking predator. But this is the thing, you know. We're t- I think it's a good discussion this to have separating mm. the art from the artist. Look at Spacey. You can still go back and watch his bodies of work and mm. things like you know the usual suspects I will always say that is one of my favourite films yeah. of all time that I, I can't classic. it is yeah. and I can't remove this fact that Spacey's in it that came out at a time when people didn't know this does it make the movie any less great absolutely not mm. however yeah. the decision we can make I think is like what you've done with R. Kelly if mm. these fuckers have not been excommunicado right. a la John Wick if these guys are still hanging around trying to push their product mm. That's, that's the decision that's you make. Set. No, 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 no. Like if a Kevin Spacey movie comes out now, no. Not happening. Not happening, not watching it. Will I say I proudly own a copy of The Usual Suspects or American Beauty? Fuck yes. Mm. I'm not going to destroy my DVD collection. Right. You know, mm. but it's it's such a weird bridge to, mm. to try and navigate because, yeah, you have to out of, you know, a social... Responsibility. Goodness, yeah. yeah. You have to separate the, you know, you, you can't separate the art from the artist because if you just say, oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're good at what they do, but that watch they're good at is giving them a platform on which mm. to be these filthy motherfuckers. Right. Yeah. You saying that you're still going to support what they do. Regardless. It's basically yeah. saying yeah. you don't care about what they've done, so you ha- you can't separate them. Do you know, one thing I will, I mean, one thing I will say is, and I'm not defending any of, any mm. of these guys, but I'm actually glad that the lid has been lifted because I know that, you know, early sides of music or film, a mm. lot of this stuff has gone down of no, if you really. want to be popular, you it's need to do yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not I, new. I'm glad we're at a place where actually we can, we can call people yeah. out on it. Call them out yeah. and yeah. say it. Put an end to this. Right. Like, this doesn't happen because you know what? People do have it's voices. It's not normal behaviour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not acceptable. And it's not acceptable. And Let it's not a way this. to build mm-hmm. fame and fortune off of. As a woman, do you feel now that you've got more of a platform on where if someone was ever inappropriate to you that you could turn around and actually say, hey, me too. It's Whereas a, maybe you didn't have that before. It's tricky because there's always, regardless of whether there's a platform or not, there's always a chance where someone's going to look at you in doubt. Mm. So you've got people saying, yeah, this happened to me too. And people are still not believing, like they want to yeah. see evidence and can we trust your word? And then they're, they're checking into your backstory. What type of person are you? What mm. were your activities like during this time? What did you yeah. wear? And yeah. all of these, you start to break down this person and it's like, you're not, you didn't take on what I just said. You just decided to break me down as a person to see if what there was truth in my, in my statement. And I think that is really unfair again, because it you're, is really you're, you're going through one part of trauma now you're your whole life is being that, pride. Yeah, yeah you're trying to protect whatever I've said rather than looking at what I've said and exploring yeah. what actually mm, happened yeah. Yeah. you're 
it's all defenses, walls up straight yeah. away. And can we trust this? The person? Me Too movement has got a bit of responsibility on that, which mm. upset me because when it started, and you know, people like Kevin Spacey routed and Harvey Weinstein routed, and there great, was proof yeah. that was yeah. really good. Then it got a little bit silly. It got a bit murky. I think it's great that it was there. It encouraged people to talk about because there's like I guarantee you, there's women in your life that have been some way, hundred percent, some way assaulted or abused in some way, yeah. and they would you would never know. Mm, you yeah. would never know. Yeah. They go Sad on about their lives, and everything's cool. We carry on as normal. Yeah, and it happens. So to be able to talk about it in an open space without feeling judged and feeling support. I think it's important. Yeah. 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 Agreed. No, it's mad the um, the sort of godlike status Mm -hmm. we give to celebrities. You know, he's got Oscars or he's got Grammys or he's created a great body of work. Okay, but besides there's other things about this person. Yeah. Yeah. It's control, it's power, it's there's just so many layers to it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean shit, remember what David Beckham did back in the late nineties. What Rebecca Lewis? Oh, yeah, Rebecca oh, Lewis. There was that, but do you know the one yeah. that always... See, look at the reaction yeah. there. Do you know <laughs> where the fuck is Rebecca Lewis now? Mm. Everyone hated her. Right. And yeah, all she, she did was come out she just, big yeah. time. It's like, yeah. you've literally is... destroyed our golden couple. Right, exactly. Yeah. But you then... want to protect that image. You want to protect... I guess the difference with her is you've got to kind of wonder, okay, what was your motive here? Right. Yeah, you've banged the man, but now what are you doing? You're looking for your 10 seconds of fame right. in the sun? So you've got to be careful with The way the, she went about yeah. it wasn't good. But ultimately what she was saying was true. Right. But, but do you know what? Is that what she was doing or is that what happened because that's the way the media portrayed it and allowed it to be? Mm. Reason she I literally that is, came on TV and said, of course, what? Look at the whole Monica Lewinsky thing. Yeah. Oh, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He lost his presidency because he got a blowjob. Like, <laughs> go but then it was rock. her who was vilified. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and she was like, what, 20? She was cyberbullied like, before there was an internet. And hot. Yeah. Just want to say, like, you, you look at, you know, Hillary and you look mm-hmm. at Monica, it's like, I, I get Bill. But this is abuse of power. No, but it, it was. Yeah. And do you know the one I always say, that it's the way the media portrays it, is take this whole Jimmy mm. Savile situation. Mm. Mm. In the sense that people were reporting this, but because he was the nation's right. hero and Jim will fix it, yeah. nothing right. happens. Yet do you know what? Then... Ironically, they had actually created a documentary exploring all of these allegations, but... Yeah. And when they were going to air, it was the week that he died and they pulled that from it and then did exactly. like, a thank you package type video. Yeah. It's just like... Mm. Oh, wow. They know what they're doing. What? Because, yeah. let's be honest, when Aaliyah was alive, God rest her soul, R.I.P. We all heard the stories, mm. right? But they knew how people to cover it up. People a blind eye to Yeah, it. people... And that's why I'm like... And this is why I prefer Mark this. Kelly. The world that we're in now, that people can put out stuff and lay the information. Like, okay, you mm. guys don't want to do it? I'll put it out there mm. and let the public see it for themselves. Mm. And... Thankfully, we are in a better place. We're getting towards a better place now. I never thought Toy Story could be so dark. (laughs) (laughs) Let's actually talk about Toy Story then. (laughs) So, like, let's go for the art and the gem that is Toy Story. The fact Mm. of change cinema. This was the first. Pixar yeah, feature length. Yeah, first yeah. computer-generated right. feature-length movie yeah, yeah. of all time. Yeah, and you know, it, it, as a kid, it's, it's that biggest dream. And I always say it now, and this is why I still haven't seen Toy Story four because I think few three ended so beautifully. But there was that also that fact that I think we're in a different generation, right? Mm. We're in a different generation. When we grew up, we knew what it meant to have a toy mm. and create that real life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're watching something that, for me to bring that to my nephew, what, your iPad came to life? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not the same thing. This is why I hate Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was your toys coming to life. So now we like, oh my, you know, it's, it's like as a kid when you open the fridge, like, is the light still on? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. This is like, oh my totally God. Totally used like, to do that. Yeah. yeah. 
if I peek around the corner, will I see my Batman move? Like, wow, here we go. This is it. And it's that. Optimus and it, does transform. He's <laughs> real to me. <laughs> I left him as a, he went back to a lorry. I'm sure I left him as Optimus. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. It's all of that magic mixed with the fact of this, this young jealousy that I think a lot of kids who've got a younger sibling can relate to. Mm. That mm. new presence in the house yeah. and the adventure that ensues. And I'm just like, Wow! It was genius. Yeah, it was it was, genius. it was it was magic in a bottle, which was created three times, and I'm not going to talk about the fourth because I haven't seen it. And You're not missing out, mate. I, I, I'm, I mean, it was cute. It was fine. Is it was like, cute. It was unnecessary. Oh. It was so <laughs> unnecessary. In a, in a, I feel like they were just trying to find a way to pump so hard. Because yeah. I think like Disney right now is just super like clinical about mm. like the the like the well, Lion pretty, King, for yeah. example. It just mm. felt like it was almost too well polished it's right. kind of like let's hit the right beats yeah let's get it out there to as many people that will kind of buy it but it's kind of lost a bit of its soul yeah is that with yeah, yeah that i mean i walked out yeah 100 really? i walked out of toy story film went it's fine but it had no soul to it at mm. no point in the movie you know three moves me to fucking tears three was Three gets right. you right in the special right. fields, man. Right. Oh. Do you know the funny thing about three? I remember seeing a friend who saw Toy Story three in the cinema or something, and he said, "Wow, Toy Story three brought me to tears." And I'm there, yeah, in like near twenties, possibly tw- early twenties at the time, and I'm like, "Big man, what's wrong with him?" <laughs> Move to tears. <laughs> then I'm watching it, and it's when they go towards the, you know, the, 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 the smoke. Yeah. Yeah. What are you saying, man? Then <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm welling up now, and I'm like, yeah, I get it, I get it. And yeah. also, I like the way that they've cleverly, like, we grew up with the film, so the characters grew up with the Thank film. You. Yep, mm. yep, yep, yep. Like, yep. It's really well done. Even the part, like, I studied the film partnerships and stuff. So even the partnerships, like, they were partnering with car brands and stuff. Obviously, mm. kids don't buy cars. Yeah. But the parents watched the first film. Mm-hmm. Going to have kids now. Take their kids. To, like it was just genius. I I always say the two. Th- and what the, did the fourth bring? Sorry, Karen. <laughs> the two chains of films. The sport that really bring me into my. I say. Toy, Toy Story is one. Mm. The other one was American Pie. Yep. Like oh, I was God. at that age. They did the same thing. I was at that age. When it came out, we were, okay, they were just a touch older, but we could relate. Right. Yeah. And then by the time, um, was it Reunion? Reunion yeah. was the fourth one. Yeah, Reunion came out and they're there and, you know, they go back to their town and they're trying to party and stuff is just a it's little not bit quite different. And it's like, yeah, we know how to have fun, but there's a new generation. And that's what I feel between Toy Story and American Pie. Those are the mm. two films that I like. This is me growing up. They relate with it. And it is that. I think people, they knew how to tap into people. And going back to what you said, Fresh, I think, the way Disney are now, and it's it, it's always been about the money, but I think mm. it's more about the money now than it was yeah. before. They knew yeah. how to tap into people's emotions. They knew how to understand children. Mm-hmm. Now mm. they're like, hey, Lion King made money. Let's uh, remake it. <laughs> and there you are. The, the, the Lion King was a funny one. I think with the Lion King, you... It's a bit like watching The Jungle Book. Does it have the same emotional gravitas as the original? No, but it's it. You you've got to look at it as a technical achievement. This is it on a technical yeah, yeah, yeah. on a technical yeah. side. I'm 100 percent down, but I'm just like it's, it, it, it is grabs what you, but you just was. you just it's need just that emotion. That level of tech. You, need, you need to be able to pull on that emotion that Disney knew how to do. Right. That's what's missing from Disney. They could now have then. created a well, new film not, using the technology, which I believe they probably should have done. But I mean, it's it, it goes back to the thing where you can't if you're going for you know when you've got an a hand-drawn character like you did in the original Lion King, mm. you can 
almost personify or human uh, or humanify their faces so when they're feeling mm. sadness or happiness right. it yeah, shows yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're going for yeah. something that's photo real lions do don't have human features like you yeah, can't make yeah. a lion look this sad is, this is right. so this is always a good point although what was fascinating which i do commend them for is that what what's always been said in like cgi when they're recreating people is it's capturing the eyes mm. because eyes you know cheesy but window to the soul and all that the thing that they've always had difficulty with is eyes because if the eyes look dead it essentially right. kills the character somehow they managed to make the eyes look good in this film that was the first time i've ever seen a completely computer animated character with eyes that was like i legit believe you're alive right now mm. like that's all working for me there and down <laughs> cool cool um before we go any further we're in 58 i don't know if you want to touch the camera yeah, yeah. again and just while we're vamping on The Lion King, I mean, the, the, the people got angry about the weirdest shit. Like what? Seth, I didn't watch it. Seth Rogen got trolled going, how oh. could you do that to Pumbaa? And There's he's like, I didn't Rogen. write the film, guys. No, 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 no. That wasn't the beef. That wasn't the beef. The beef was, somehow he got blamed for how it was animated and his answer was, so people didn't know what a warthog looks like. Who knew? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although, can we just say Baby Pumba? Oh my god, <laughs> it's so cute! Oh my gosh, no, you I missed didn't... it, didn't you? I have, so. motherfucker! Oh, no, I should have, I should have seen that on the big screen. You really, oh boy, you've done another, you've done a gladiator there. It's not a gladiator. Now we bring it up. Shut up! No. <laughs> <laughs> has it? Been, was it a directorial debut? No. Then it has no context in this film. Let's move on. <laughs> So that's the cover of my back. So Toy Story was your four, yeah? It was indeed, sir. Over to me then. Uh, my number six. Okay, so the director is Alex Garland. Mm-hmm. He's written a lot. Most notably famous for writing films like The Beach. He actually mm-hmm. wrote a video game called Odyssey, in, uh, Enslaved Odyssey to the West. This is his directorial debut, Ex Machina. Ooh. Oh yeah! Yes, yes, yes. Okay, that, nice. That was nice. A, I, I saw that, that was a debut, and I forgot. Yeah, yeah it, I, I slipped it. Slipped my list. list. Yeah, I did like. Can that. I just say that's a fucking film? Genius. <laughs> oh my Genius. god! Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Oh my god! What happens when you bring three powerhouse actors with Oscar Isaac, Donald Gleason, and my god, that's Alicia Vikander. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, you keep Margot Robbie. Alicia Vikander's <laughs> mine. <laughs> She's just—I love everything about this woman. Everything about her. And the, she brought... Here's where it gets really meta. The film is essentially about what defies us as being alive. What is humanity? Yeah. Is it our ability to look real? Mm-hmm. Is it our ability to understand what feelings are? Is it our ability to process feelings? Is, our, uh, is it our innate fear of death that we all share? And essentially, it really left you mind-fucked. Because all of these things, which in the stereotypical definition of what humanity mm-hmm. is... She had. Right. Yeah. And yet she was an AI. Yeah. yeah. That was the it's weird scary. thing. She was completely self-aware. She knew what she was. She had a fear of death. She had a fear of being controlled. She wanted, you know, her own existence. These are all very human mm. things. And it really whacked you over the head going, what makes us human? Now, to get matter about it, how the fuck do you portray that as an actress where right. you are a real person playing something which isn't real that thinks it is real? Yeah. There's <laughs> matter acting that, for that, you. That, that is powerful. And she pulled it off. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unreal. And the fact that they set this whole movie in one freaking location, it wasn't like Stunning. they would... It, yeah. it mad. Love the house. You can yeah. actually... Um, you can go there. It's like a... Is there a, a real place? It's like a hotel in yeah. Norway. Oh, I must well, be on well, Airbnb then. Yeah, some, well, something like that. <laughs> you can, like, Experience yeah. ex-machina. It's like something like $300 a night to stay there or something. Yeah. Or something. 
Yeah, it's a stunning house, though. But yeah, that film, man, it's it just it's one of those films where when the credits rolling, you just sort of sit back in your chair and go. Yeah. <laughs> how do you digest that? Yeah. yeah, legit. How do you digest that? And for he's been around Hollywood a long time, Alex Garland. But mm. directing is always a completely different step. Like you know, look at Simon Kimberg. He's been around for ages. Give him a directorial debut, we get X Men: Dark Phoenix. Ay ay ay. You know what I mean? Just because you know something or you know an ip or you know yeah. and have been around cinema doesn't mean you can direct it's, it's a true. whole different animal and the fact that a writer that good managed to i mean it was he wrote it too but he transitioned yeah. into directing you know he's still got to tell the actors how to act he right. still has to hit those beats he has to tell the actors where he's going and it, unreal mm. film yeah unreal i mean it says something about his strength as a writer because mm. i mean just kind of going off our list i realized that's probably like i don't know what anyone else has got mm. but probably the only sci-fi one on this Ooh, list that's true yeah, that's there, yep, there are a lot correct. of great yeah. sci-fi films but any. it's kind of like it's the early works are usually like very super experimental yeah, yeah. and so to get something that polished yeah first time round, like mental yeah, that, yeah. Mental. No, I loved X Machina. I'm glad you all did too. Uh, my five was the punt from earlier. Another head fucker, Donnie Darko from Richard okay. Kelly. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen that. You've not oh. seen Come Donnie again, Darko. Oh. Even I've seen Ooh. Donnie Darko. Have you heard of it though? No. Dude. What? Bro. Edutain. <laughs> <laughs> now every time Donnie Darko How comes up. Fuck. Do you describe Donnie every, Darko? I was like, every time so you Donnie take Darko a comes up. <laughs> if you take that and watch that you are finished I guarantee you okay let me I'll do my best to paint the scene for you so it's got uh, oh second time Jake Gyllenhaal's on the list so very young Jake Gyllenhaal mm. he's about 17, 18 in this oh, film yeah. yeah yeah plays a kid at school um, and essentially what the movie is about is it's about time travel but not in the a sci-fi way but here's the thing Donnie Darko kind of has elements of sci-fi elements of horror but it's him living everyday school life. Isn't his character depressed or something? He's, like he's going yeah, through. He's got meds for yeah. his depression. Um, but then he meets. Is it Kristen Stewart? No, it's not Kristen Stewart. No. Who is who's oh, Drew Barrymore? Oh, no, sorry. Drew no, Barrymore's the, the teacher. teacher. I can't think who. Could have been Kristen oh, Stewart. Been way too young. I can visualize her, but oh my God, that's going to kill me. Um, anyway, he has starts up a relationship with one of his. Um, one classmates. Of his, one of his classmates. Thank you. And it's just, it, it, a simple version is it's a typical white picket fence suburbia American story. But the backdrop of it is he's super switched on. He's ridiculously bright. Mm. And he's almost trying to predetermine what life is about, what happens in life, it, how physics becomes, how you break that boundary of physics being theoretical into being factual and enableable. So, I mean, the oh, wow. scene that messes me up every single time is when he go when he's sitting at home and the wormhole starts coming mm. out of his, his chest and it's like, so does this mean it's predetermined destiny? Does this mean that he has to go down this path? Does this mean that now he's being given the... Does this mean that now he's being shown this path, he's got the conscious choice to not go down that path? If he does that, does that mean he's not following destiny? And then does the butterfly effect come into question? And it's like, oh my God, stop messing with my head. It I don't actually know anyone who hasn't liked it. Mm. Everyone has watched it and come up like, what the hell? But you, you appreciate it. Because, I mean, we're talking about does he go to... 
the whole question is, is it time travel or is it premonition? Like, Is it time travel? Is it premonition? Is it, it destiny? Is yeah, it, it, there are so you many don't angles. Know. And that, what, is, what I love is that this whole film takes place. It's, it's coming to the end. And then it brings you right back to the beginning. And you're like, so, so what has happened? Has it, has it, has it, you're just really taken in by this film. Was the whole thing a dream? Yeah. Did people go with that? I mean, it, you come out asking yourself so many questions in this film. But okay, cool. No, I need to check that out. You Clearly. really <laughs> need to <laughs> check that out. I like, no disrespect to any other film. Yeah. Darko is the one. I mean, it's not even my number one, but it's the one that you yeah. have to check. I'm yeah. guaranteeing you. Yeah, Donnie Darko is... It's a trip. It's, <laughs> I learned it's, something today. <laughs> mate, it's... Didn't it make both of our top ten of all time? It was on both of our top tens of all time, and I think it was both our number one for Jake Gyllenhaal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's unreal. It, it, it's the film to see. Unreal. Mm. Presh, get on it. Cool. Cool. <laughs> On it. So that was my five. My four. Sorry, I'm going to be controversial again here. Sam Mendes' debut, American Beauty. Mm, that was on my list. So pun. pun. My girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was, con- yeah, it is a controversial choice, but it's just a It's too film. good. It's just too good to hate. That's over to you guys. Oh, okay, cool. Number uh, six. Number six. What did we have? Well, mine was uh, Bad Boys. Uh, Michael Bay, so yeah, still a that pun. was all, yeah, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. all around the same level, yeah. I think. Still a pun. Um, so is it in your? It has yeah, to be yeah. in your top three for it to be a pun. Then can I not? No, I've still got my six. So six through four. Yeah, if it's within that bracket, then we talk about it now. Yeah, it's in my six through four. Okay, so oh, we yeah, talk yeah. about cool. it now. Um, but is is American Beauty in that same bracket? Yeah. So we talk about American Beauty. Yeah, no, it's just a fun film kind of yeah it's just um a great partnership uh with um will smith and why am i forgetting martin lawrence because he's forgettable (laughs) martin lawrence um you pick any two other actors and then the film just doesn't work um and yeah Yeah. it's just uh, for me it's just a fun watch it's a really fun watch solid story it made me want to be a police officer because I thought I'd be cool as Will Smith (laughs) (laughs) that's the power of that film we met someone on the train the other night that actually went as far as to say Will Smith is a token black man what yeah real this is real this happened do you know what I'll let you take this I think we could do this one off camera because I swear to you (laughs) (laughs) once the recording starts we will discuss this thoroughly yeah or do we touch it now we can yeah we got time so okay, look, we got what, time. What, We're what, good. What came up? We have a we. It started off as comic book, but now we talk all. It's still mainly comic book. But it's a WhatsApp group. Then we kind of talk films with our boys. And there, I don't know if you guys have heard the talks of Michael B. Jordan potentially being Superman. Yeah, mm. the talks I, have happened. I, like he's I, had the meetings with the Warner Brothers. That's official. So I didn't even get a chance to put my two cents in on this because mm. by the time I've picked up the phone. Nico and another member of the team or group have had this big discussion over tokenism. Michael B. Jordan become the next token black man. So I I said my my comment was because he's so good and because he is the hot African American Mm. property at the moment. As with always with Hollywood, they tend to latch onto that one guy, blow their load, burn him out, and the public get bored of him. Do you feel like there's always only one? iconic so, black actor at any given time, like in a period, and then it changes. Well, here's the thing. Will Smith... Because there's quite a few black actors there. Well, there are, yeah. but you look at the roles they're being given, right? You know, no one talks about David Washington. 
This is Denzel's mm. fucking yeah. child. He was in one oh, of the best Allah movies Ali. of last year. Yeah. Mahershala Ali's about to go big because he's in yeah. Blade now. Um, so he's about to boom. But how long is that fucking taken? taken exactly. Yeah. Ridiculous. Too Way too yeah. long. Too long. Way too long. Mahershala's, you know, he, he's, he's unreal. But how long has it taken him mm. to go actually mainstream? You know, you, I guarantee you half the people who end up watching him in Blade will not have seen, seen him in anything. Him, things like The Green Book or things like uh, Moonlight. Right. Or, you know, they will yeah. not have seen him at his best, guaranteed. Mm. Or even his minor roles and things like um, ah, NASA movie. Help me out. The three ladies of NASA. Oh, gone blank. Hidden figures. It's hidden figures. Thank you. <laughs> also, his TV work. So also he was in House of Cards. Work. He was a, a true, true detective. detective. There you go. But people even, will. Um, some people will. If you're one of those cage. people. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Bang. He and he was one of the best parts of Luke Cage. The, for me, oh, that yeah. series he died yeah, after yeah. he went. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Mahershala is about to be a big name. Mm. How is David Washington not, not being talked there. about more? Yeah. This is mm. Denzel's boy, yeah. and he was just in one of the best films of last year, Black Klansman. Mm. You what know what I mean? A, how is here he we not, go. What's the next film? Who the fuck knows? That's the thing. That's why he's not brought up. He, and this is my problem. Wanna, but I get, but I get. why is there not a next film? Mm. Because all the big roles... Because I guarantee you, right? Michael B. Jordan. I, you know I worship the at the altar of Michael B. Jordan. Adore the man. <laughs> no, no, I do. I adore <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. Every time I, he's on screen, like he stole Black Panther for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, yeah. if he wasn't in there, that film when, would have tanked. When he yeah. wasn't on screen, I was like, I am missing him really badly because mm. for, for how, however good some people say Chadwick Boseman was as uh, T'Challa I, I was team Killmonger yeah. all the way um, what, Creed he was oh, yeah. phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal in Creed yeah. but then go back to his early days when he's a kid in The mm. Wire mm. Mm. Yeah. Then, yeah. he's brilliant I've loved Michael B. Jordan for years but here's my problem you look at him as Killmonger you look at him as Creed he's been in the Fantastic Four mm. now they're talking about him being Superman I'm sorry, this looks like all the black superhero roles are going to one guy. Right. And that's why I said, well, it's they, we're not there yet. They kind of do it with, well, I'd say it's, it is kind of a tokenism in its, in one sense, but it's kind of just how I think Hollywood silos people, like mm. Kevin Hart. Can't do anything but comedy the, these, roles. It's all him. Cheesy mm. comedy roles now. But as I, my argument was, but Kevin Kevin Hart's a weird one because he's actually typecast, so I I think that's more down to his persona, his height, his the sounds he makes. So mm. that I almost mm. think that stops it being token when he's when he's that typecast. It's not because he's black that he's getting these roles. It's that. Oh I think no no, no I, I, that, I mean it goes in that because he's a crazy he's a short crazy black dude. Yeah, like, yeah let's no. be honest, like, <laughs> it is what it is. But I get no pain. I get that. But, but as I as I had said. My, my thing was, I'm worried they're going to make him the My, my right. thing is, is that he's go-to as opposed to token. And I think that's where the argument kicked off. Because, oh, okay. But where do you draw the line? Because <sighs> This, you is, know, this I, is the argument know, I was even making. Even now, now that typecast has come up, I was even thinking, I don't know if Samuel L. Jackson was the token black guy. Of course he fucking was! But was he just a typecasted actor again? Because it's that same, Bro. it's a different angry black dude, wasn't it? No. When, when you take look, at his, look at his, look at his, the man's made more movies than anyone course, in history. Of course, of course. But <laughs> there are, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, argument would you, dead. Would you then say like, someone like, um, who's the guy? Michael, uh, what is his, he always plays God. 
Morgan Freeman. Morgan. Yes. <laughs> is that typecast or is that tokenism? No, I don't think that's typecast. But this is what I'm saying. There are, there are ways. Sorry, I don't think that's tokenism, tokenism. is what I mean. Yeah. Um, I, I, same as Denzel. I don't right. think that's tokenism. There's a certain thing where you can actually see, okay, this guy, Denzel, fits this role. Right. Uh, Morgan Freeman is fit for that role. Mm. You know, like De Niro is fit for that role. There are certain things which certain actors, irrespective of their skin color, are just good at. Samuel L. Jackson, put him in everything. Yeah. That for me, you're getting in the right. you're getting in the levels of tokenism there. Michael mm. B. Jordan, he's nowhere near that yet. I don't think anyone will ever get to those heights that Samuel has gone to. But you're putting him in every single major blockbuster when you have the opportunity. How's mm. Daniel Kaluuya not been, you know, he, mm. side role in Black Panther? Oh, he's in Black Panther. Fucking side role. Of course he is. No, he was nothing but a backup dancer in that. I will never deny that. But, how? how? <laughs> no, no, but it's true. But it's true. He, he will admit it. He will admit but it. But how is Daniel Kaluuya a backup dancer? How is he's David not. Washington not in more films? Like I get these I, I get this stuff, but my, my whole argument is when I hear the word token black man. I don't even think you could be a lead and be a token black man, to be fair. Because that's what that, I was going to ask. Like, token... What is your definition of token? Like, are they being picked for the sake of being picked or are they being picked because they can actually deliver Tokenism a is defined as anything which subverts the norm. The norm in Hollywood, 90% of the roles being heterosexual mm. white men. Mm. So anything that's against the grain for that and which is being force-fed is being right. popularized. So it can be like Henry mm. Golding at the moment. Mm. He is literally the yeah. token Asian. Yeah, it, yeah, look yeah. at you rolling your yeah, eyes. That's my proof. Yeah, yeah. He is literally Asian actor, put him in everything. He's handsome, he speaks really good English, he doesn't sound Asian when he speaks English, he's in everything. They're talking about the motherfucker being in James Bond now. Like, come on. Uh, How deep do you want to go? That's tokenism 101. Yeah, I get that. Women, I hate to say it, you know, there's a lot of female actresses, Mm. sorry, not female actresses, there's a lot of female actors who, I almost... I want to tread lightly with that one because there's far more breadth of women who are acting than there are black men, sadly. Mm. Or even, to a lesser degree, even black women. Lupita Nyong'o. Black woman, pick her. Literally. She's getting so many roles at the moment. And and I love the fact that there's that much representation. But what my thing is, I want more. I want more than the core four black guys. But how likely is Hollywood going to bank on an unnamed black actor versus an unnamed white actor? Tokenism 101. But I don't no, but no, to but, put them in a lead. Yeah, but, that, but, that, but that is tokenism. You're literally, that's what I'm saying, is that the norm is heterosexual white men. Mm. It doesn't matter if they're known or not. Hollywood looks at that and goes, heterosexual white man, yeah, give him a shot, give him right. a try. The difficulty a black actor has to, mm. I imagine, has to go through to just be let in through the door. And now it's like, okay, we've got our core four or five who are of the same age range. You know, we got Daniel, we got Michael B. Jordan, we got David to a degree, mm. you know. And b- beyond the three to five that I can name, who the fuck else is getting a shout? Chadwick Boseman's going to be in there too, I guess now. But who, who else is getting a shout? There should be, considering how many white actors we can name, mm. there should be a relevant number considering it's not like the black people in America make up a 1% of the yeah. population. Mm. But yeah, they seem to make up 1% of the roles. That for me is not proper representation. Mm. Argue I, that. I, I, no, Argue I, that, no, motherfucker. No, 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 I, <laughs> my thing is go to and tokenism. Is, I like, when I hear a token black man, it's never a positive sign, right? Mm. When I picture the token black guy, it's in a not. Film, <laughs> no, no, no. But this is what I'm saying. I can't picture someone of that quality. I always picture it as, for better or worse, a, a person who's how many not a how many people of that quality? How many people of that skin color and quality are there? I'm gonna bank. Many. I just guess. by law of diminishing so, returns. How many 
brilliant white actors are there. I bet without even breaking a sweat, you could name 20. Like, bang, 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 bang. Easily. De Niro, Pacino, DiCaprio, Bale, Damon, Affleck. You know, we can go on and on and on and on and on. You don't even have to break a sweat to do it. But how many great black actors can you name? And I bet there's way more out there than are actually being represented. That's what bugs me. Are they given the opportunity, though? No, they're not. But you know, and who, that's what makes that's it token. Yeah. But you know who? When I break down, when I picture token, and I don't want to take this too long, you know, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who plays Ice Cube's dad in Friday. Uh, John. John, John Amos, Amos. I think it was Weatherspoon. John Weatherspoon. John Weatherspoon. Yeah. Oh, okay. like, you know when John Weatherspoon's in a film and you're like, oh, that guy. Like you, yeah. you don't know his name, but you recognise him from those bits. Yeah. Yeah. That's so when I picture the token black that's man my, in film. That's how I see a token. Where they're placed there for the sake of being placed because they might be a familiar face. Yeah. Whether they should be there or not. Like, B. Jordan's too much of a household name to become that. Like, within a certain community... So Samuel or, L. Jackson? That's what I'm saying. It, uh, he, he's on the brink and I think when the guy said Will Smith for Household tokenism name. the yeah. reason it, he played me and had me go oh maybe is because and, and this is so wrong to say it hmm. Will Smith went against the grain of acting black <laughs> if you would yeah. and yeah, that's yeah, yeah, when you yeah, had yeah. me like oh but then I don't know if it was token, but it was like, yeah, if we need a, uh, we need to show a black guy who can hang with the whites, yeah, let's pick Will. And that's when he got me mm. on the... A safe? Yeah, like, the like safe bet. Yeah. But, you know, it's Michael like... Michael B. Jordan is a safe bet. But not in that sense. Tell me I'm wrong. Because to, to Maybe me, not yet. he's carrying that Denzel torch. As much as he's in so many different stuff, it's because he started off in one thing. He happened to get cast in a Fantastic Four movie. So then they're like, okay, you know what? He, he's not opposed to doing franchise or superhero movies. Let's go for it. Where but he's getting be, all the franchises. Because they might But see all it. movies now will be a franchise, more or less. But I, I get, Sure, but that, yeah, but all movies, all different franchises are getting different actors. Right. Michael B. Jordan is doing all the franchises. All He's in Marvel. He's now in DC. He's in the second Marvel film. It's like, I see. You see, I see this is what it I'm is saying. I'm like, all I'm saying is, I'm saying you to Hollywood, look, yeah, and it's not because I don't want to see Michael yeah. B. Jordan. I repeat, I worship at the altar of Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> give me my, <laughs> give me Michael B. Jordan in everything. And that's, <laughs> put, but this is the danger, you know? It's like, think about the Star Wars films. When the pe- thing people are complaining about is that they're coming too often now. It's a fact. People, and I'm the biggest Star Wars fan you can think of, but if you give too much of something to someone, you get burnt out on it. Mm. If you eat pizza every day, eventually you're like, mm, yeah, I'm bored of pizza. Mm. You have it once a week, it's like, oh, it's pizza day, happy days, mm. you know? That's kind of what I want Michael B. Jordan to be. He needs to be pizza day. Yeah. Not pizza week. Right. You know, it's like, I want to see you now and then, and when I see you, it's, oh, fuck, it's an event. Right. Like a Denzel movie comes out. You're like, oh, shit, yeah, it's a Denzel yeah, movie. Because yeah, yeah. I think Michael B. Jordan is going to be the next Denzel. Mm. This but is it. They need to manage that shit carefully. Because Denzel wasn't doing franchises and doing every. Mm. Granted, there weren't as many franchises in the time, but he wasn't in every single fucking movie that mm. came out every summer. This is the danger every Michael point, B. Jordan's in. Every point you make, I fully agree. It's just the word token. As I said, I think they see him as the go-to, whereas token is always that sub-role. That, that wi- Do you know, for, for better of a... Dave Chappelle in Nutty Professor. Yeah. That, he was, he, that's the token <laughs> black guy, just some weird yeah. madness going weird on. Comic those are the, yeah, sort of, those are the yeah. bits. But Samuel Jackson becomes a token actor because he'll be the guy in flipping Deep Blue Sea about to get munched by a shark. Because that, he, took the, yeah, he took those roles which made him... As much as he's he he has led, but has has he even has led? He... He's not Samuel. really led. He's Long been in films. Long kiss, good night, I guess. 
Long Kiss Goodnight, Fifty First Date. There are films where he's there, but you know, do you get what I'm saying? He's always just willing to take Chef. the paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad for the, as you said, the most films than any other actor. Oh, I'd love to see his IMD page, like page two. <laughs> he's the only actor with page two on IMDb, probably. Yeah. But. It's because he just took anything. I mean, I don't blame him. If I'm going to get paid, pay me. Money talks. Exactly. It does. And for Hollywood. So, yeah. so where were we? Bad Boys. Bad and Will Smith being token. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that. Uh, number five, I had uh, John Singleton, Boys in the Hood. Ooh, great show. I took that I'm off my list myself. for you, just so you know. Oh, I'm <laughs> um, kicking myself. Yeah, no, that... That's a classic. Mm. It's um, it's interesting. What I kind of figured out just kind of watching it recently was that um, a lot of films about like blacks in America, um, they talk about either single mothers mm. or the wonderful black family unit together. But this is an interesting film about co-parenting. Interesting. Yeah. That's what yeah. I took away. And that sets up a completely different dynamic to um, Trey's journey um, and that paper by Cuba. Good and Junior. Uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And just looking at how like John's sort of developed all these characters in the hood and it's kind of like it's, it's not any one story, it's mm. the community story. Mm. And how the community goes from A to B, and the different dynamics at play. Very, like you, you, you would have to have lived that life or be very in tune with it to make it um, as authentic um, as it could be. And even someone from the outside, like myself, just kind of watching in and being like, "Oh, I understand everything's at play." It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like cheap. Yeah, mm. um, and it very could very easily could be, and there there are a lot of you know films from the uh, early mid nineties actually that kind of do that um, um, do those um, hood quote unquote I don't want to use that word but stories very well. <laughs> Funny enough, one thing that didn't make my list, but um, and I, I forgot the um, the director's name, um, but it was. Uh, don't be a menace in South mm. Central while uh, drinking, drinking juice. juice in the, the, hood. That. <laughs> I actually, the, the more I watch, uh, like uh, uh, Boys in the Hood or uh, whatever, like um, yeah. all those films, the funnier uh, "Don't Be a Menace" <laughs> <laughs> South that is a classic. Because it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah. That's what it is. Um, I like you, it. Don't you get my number four? Or? Yeah, shoot for your number four. Um, yeah, my number four is uh, Mid 90s by Jonah Hill. Uh, this came I out, seen that yet. I've got it, I haven't seen it. I've got it came out uh, this uh, this year. It was, was, it it won, was it Sundance or Cannes Award? It won one of those independent Prime Prime Sundance. Yeah. It's just very well, like uh, A24, I think, produced it. Oh, I love A24. Um, oh, they make good films. So, oh, shit. So That's the top can, 10 right there, A24 yeah. films. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like of that ilk, but it like it tells... It's a coming-of-age film uh, of um, a kid, a uh, 13-year-old kid. Uh, I think it's set in like the summer, and he kind of... 
you know, just is, is finding his way from a broken home and he discovers, um, you know, these group of kids um, who are skating and like, uh, who own like, uh, not own or run this uh, skate shop. And so it really delves deep into like skate culture and like the interplay with like hip hop culture. Um, and it's just a beautiful story, great acting and a great ensemble cast. Uh, so like even when you're hearing like the 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 laughs uh, from the group's uh, skater friends it's kind of like you you imagine they were all genuinely friends off camera um oh, it's nice. just a beautiful story uh, yeah go watch it no i do want to see it i remember mm. seeing the posters and i was like this looks like something I, i'm a really big fan of Joni hill anyway mm. yeah so yeah. To, to see something he'd direct I, I i was really excited just haven't got around it, to it it says something about him, uh, you know, being uh, more of a comedic actor, who I find it very interesting when, like, um, I'll say Jordan Peele's later on my list, so I just, but uh, to make this point, um, I think comedic actors make for great character driven drama directors. Interesting. I think if you give Jim Carrey like a great script. I'd be terrified. To <laughs> a great script, yeah, yeah. great char- character-driven script, a producer he's worked with. I would trust Jim Carrey to make a great drama piece. Well, they always I say that comedy and, comedy and tragedy, they're one step mm. apart, aren't they? Like, yeah. that's what comedians make a, a gimmick out of if they're doing stand-up. It's self-deprecation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, look at Todd Phillips. He's a comedic director who's famous for The Hangover. Guess what? He's now getting Oscar buzz for The Joker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Comedy yeah. and tragedy, it, yeah, they're really interlink. The, the sad thing about that Jim Carrey idea is as much as I'd love to see it, I'm so sure Hollywood are scared to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They I'm, I'm, they're I'm so sure. touchy yeah, yeah, with yeah. Jim at the moment, but I would love to see that. Mm. I really would love to see that. That was your four, yeah? Uh, yeah, 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 that was number four. Number six for you, madame. Ooh, I don't know if I should change my list now. No changing. <laughs> I've done it. You've, you're, you're committed. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Nancy Myers and The Parent Trap. Ooh. Oh. Nice. Classic. Of and course. I legit thought Lindsay Lohan was a twin. So did Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I legit thought she was a real-life twin. The technology yeah, yeah. was insane for that time. Yeah. Really funny, and it was a remake of a classic film, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but really well done, um, and the way they modernised it for this era. Yeah, yeah, was no, just it was a it was great a debut for her, and she's done loads of classics since. So, yeah, that's number. I've never seen it, so you need to tell Are me. Are you what's serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Okay, so you've got um, two twin sisters who don't know that they have a twin. Okay, they meet at a, a camp, summer camp, where they realise, oh my gosh, you're my other half. They realise that. They've been brought up by their individual parents. So one lives with, lives with the mum, one lives with the dad. Yeah. They've been divorced and separated. Each took one kid. And now they reunite. That's some Skywalker shit right there. <laughs> and now it's this journey of bringing the parents back together. And they really love each other. And we want to stay together and all of that good feel-good stuff. And you get little hiccups in the way. Like the dad's engaged right. to a horrible woman who hates kids. And mum's a successful uh, wedding dress designer in London, and she's living her best life. And yeah, that's yeah. a good film. It's, it's a, a good film. Nice film. Ironically enough, that's not too dissimilar from the 
slightly not too mm. dissimilar from the plot of um, that show, Sister Sister. Yeah, it's very much. Yeah. Just a, it's very much Sister Sister. I was going to say I that. I wouldn't be surprised if Sister Sister or was the other, influenced. Yeah. It probably because Parent Trap being an original, like, right? A there, remake, there, there yeah. was a black and white. Mm. Version this is it. Of it I'm yeah. very so much sure Sister Sister was, was based off of Parent Trap. It, it yeah. really is that. that I remember clothes. watching it. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know you got yeah. this right. Yeah. I, but I the mean, technology they used to clone Lindsay Lohan was just yeah. Clone. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 honestly, because you see her talking to herself like it was. It, yeah, I, it's near and enough. And then cloning. you realize it was like green screen and what yeah, yeah. had yeah. a stand in, yeah. and it's like she legit. Was, you thought the interaction, you didn't see yeah. any like weird outlines and. No, yeah, I mean it was that well good done. that when I, I I can't remember where I've read this, but when Jamie Lee Curtis was doing Freaky Friday with Lindsay, she's like, "Which one are you?" No, <laughs> 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 she's like, no, that I was hilarious. both. Yeah. Number six. Okay. Number six. So you're number five. five. What should we do? Do it quickly because we've got 19 minutes left. Okay. Adam, <laughs> Adam McKay and Ron Burgundy. <clears throat> oh no! <laughs> did I? Did I? Did you I? may leave. Keep talking. No. So, or don't. So um, uh-uh. silver screen rule. What have I done? Silver screen rule. You violated mm-hmm. silver screen rule. <gasps> Will, Will Ferrell is just not. No. Neither of us can do Will Ferrell. I love him. But anyway, oh, like, keep talking. You're saying the wrong things. <laughs> like okay, you, so you, can appe- you can appease is... to me slightly. No, you're fighting a losing battle no, with like, me. Like Daddy, da- what is it? Daddy's Home and Mega Mind. I can watch, Fuck but off. apart from you that, you can I cannot... watch Daddy's Home, but from Will Smith. But you won't watch. Uh, sorry, Will Ferrell, but you won't watch any of his others. It's like, like Step Brothers. Oh God, no! Kill me! What? No, no, no! What? The trailer alone. The, the, uh, okay. Have you seen the film? Yes. So I'm. I'm, gonna, I'm a I'm, well-informed I'm, I'm, feral hater. I'm. I'm going to grow on something here, and I know you're going to. Best Christmas movie, it. Elf. You're going to say fuck that. off. Are you? No. Are you an Elf fan? Not really. Thank no. God for that. Okay. I mean, continue. It's, continue. It's nostalgic, <laughs> but it's not one of my favorites. Elf no. is terrible. I remember hearing all the buzz about this, and I'm like, well, let's see it. And the more I watched this grown. What was man, it about it that put you guys off? Him. He's, oh, you just don't like Will Ferrell? Fucking he, hate he, the man. This wow. It's powerful. What did I step into? <laughs> Silver screen territory. <laughs> he what? seems like one of those guys who thinks he's funny and I just he's like that kid on the playground who you just want to grab and slap and go, you're not funny, mate. Uh, I think that about Jack Black. Yeah. I kind of had that. I, I, I kind of had that with Jack Black. But Will Ferrell, you know... Contra. What he plays, <laughs> it, do you know the, the, the characters, the way he acts yeah. reminds me of the Chris Rock line. You know, you're not old, but you're just too old to be in the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he may or may not be old. I'm not here to judge his age, I, I but you're that. too old to be acting that way. And yeah, it just yeah. bugs me to see a guy doing that. I hear that. that. It's I like, think... it's not self-deprecating comedy, like, or it, it's not, it's not doing anything clever. Comedy has mm. to be clever. It's like it's it's trying to be the 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 last remnants of slapstick, but it's just terrible. Yeah, you know, if I want good slapstick, it'll be something like Forty Towers or right. Monty Python or the Carry On movies. Yeah. That's great slapstick. You know, films like Scary Movie and this motherfucker <laughs> killed. Like, wh- wh- where do you still see slapstick now? It's That's gone yeah. because this shit. Because of, because of grown men wearing elf costumes jumping into trees. <laughs> the funny thing is, elf could have been magic with the right actor. I may, do you know what? Santa! Fuck off. No, but like, honestly, <laughs> as much as you hate Jack Black, yeah. and I'm on the verge. It's a real dislike. I, I, I'm this partial, is beyond. I'm partial to wondering like, if Jack Black could have done right elf better than Will Ferrell. I'm not even sure. Anyone, like, 
give me Jim Carrey. Like, you know you would have got magic in that. But mm. there was something about Will Ferrell, I'm just like, dude, no. Okay, no. so moving on. Moving on. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean, do you know what? By all means, there are Will Ferrell fans I, I out only, there. I've only put him on the list because there are other films of his that I like. So I did it. So when I was, I asked a question earlier, like, how mm. did you guys pick this list? And my initial way of figuring out who to pick was what are my some of my favourite films and then going back to who directed and Sure, no, all good, all good. So, but yeah. let, let the Let's move fans, on. Okay, if you wish. Let's. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shall we talk about Sam Mendes and American Beauty? I think we should talk about Sam Mendes I and American Beauty. Oh, God, look yeah. at that no, jumping no. quality there. Will Ferrell <laughs> to <laughs> Sam Mendes. <laughs> From Brazzies to Oscars. Fuck. <laughs> Literally black to white day to night. <laughs> Sam Mendes what a film what a film this this one I always remember this comes back to when you were saying Fresh what came out around 99 and stuff like that I remember being on the plane back from Florida and this was on and I was like boy am I lucky to have seen this film mm. it's so good it just it... I was annoyed I hadn't seen it earlier mm. okay yeah I caught on to it because I, I went through phases of my, like actors that I wanted to see and I would just see their movies in chunks and then I went through a my manager Spacey, does that Kevin yeah. Spacey phase and I, and I watched um Usual Suspects and so good. American Beauty, and I just thought it was really moving. Yeah, no, it is. He's he's Spacey's amazing in it, but so are all the supporting mm. cast. You know, Annette Bening is phenomenal in it. I just love the way they've showed all these people who have got some sort of innate evil in them. Yeah, you know, be it narcissism or, or be it uh, lack of social care or be it depression or mm. you pick your poison. It's all on display here. But what I think Sam Mendes did that was so fucking clever is he said, instead of doing this like a mainstream Hollywood film, mm. I'm going to do this as an art house film. Right. And he basically, I think, allowed the mainstream to appreciate art house. Mm. And I think I really attribute a lot of glory to American Beauty because I think without this film, companies like A24 don't exist. Companies mm, yeah. like Blumhouse don't mm. exist who are putting out all these independent films knowing that I, there is an audience out there for right. them. Prior to this, people were like, it, it's got to be Blockbuster or it's got to be IP. You yeah. know, they, it, it, it's a business at the end of the day. But they, they, Sam Mendes showed that there's business to be made in the art house. Um, yeah, I did. everything about this film, from the cast to the music to the narration to, oh, it's just wonderful. It it's is. everything it's, it's about like it. film poetry. It is. It it's really hard. is poetry. Yeah. Right, uh, AJ. So one more or? No, that was your four, right? Is that four? That's four. Did I? You told me double four. Double check. By all means, double uh, check. So we did, <laughs> I don't know. Was that four? I believe that was your four. Okay, cool. Let's go. All right, AJ. Okay. Now we're doing one apiece. You're number three. Ooh. These ones were very difficult to find the right order. These are holy I, for me, these <laughs> top three. <laughs> the, these went in, so I'm going to waste no time. Frank Darabont, Shawshank Redemption. Is my, uh, got is my number three. That was my number Is it higher? Three. If it's higher, punt. Yeah, it's high. So punt. 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 Right, my number three, Shawshank, still a punt. Pressure over to you. Your number three. Uh, Jordan Peele, Get Out. Honourable. Honourable. Yeah. It hurt me. It's Uh, on the honourable. I'm going to be that guy who said he didn't enjoy this film. (laughs) (sighs) I didn't get it. Oh. Oh, Really? In what sense? Hit me. What did you take away from the film? Why is he hanging around there? Who Daniel Kaluuya's character? Run, motherfucker, run! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bro, like, but bro, he, 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 you've got the other brother in the white village saying to you, "Get out, listen." But, you're, <laughs> but, but in the same breath, you're like, "What happened?" <laughs> now I'm gonna get a bit. 
hood. <laughs> you're like, what happened to my man? Like, one minute you're... <laughs> no, but let's be real. Like, one minute you're like, hey, well, Charlie got chap. Like, nice to see you. Then a flash and you're like, motherfucker, get out. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, this is my chick's house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware that we're, we're playing a game of where there's a bit of where's Wally here. There's not too many of us out here. But like, why are you telling me to get out? Like, okay, they're a bit weird, but... The, the, the whole message is in Why there are from... you questioning when the only other brother in the village is telling you get out? <laughs> Listen. No, 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 bro, 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 bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah. uh, I mean, I, I, I guess one? why, more so than the, the actual story itself, what, that is strong, but like, I, I think it's, I know Jordan Peele is clearly someone who likes to layer his mm. films and mm. that's what does it for me it's kind of like it's very rewatchable, and yeah. I can take different, different things piece away each time. time and that's that's a unique skill not many directors have like there are a lot of good films that mm-hmm. I may only want to watch mm. once or twice and then Done. put it to the side yeah. I know it's a good film yeah. but like I can't re-watch it um, fair I've only seen it the once to so, be fair what, what I could hit you so. with what I could hit you with and I hit me quick because you've got 10 I, minutes I, yeah I don't want to be that guy but I'm going to have to be that guy is when you look at it as people of colour mm. we can all appreciate what it's like to be in the white man's world yeah. and how you act and how you can even between how to navigate yeah, that space how to navigate yeah. so that's why you may not get it because there are times you'd be in that environment and you are one of two and you're like yeah he's a bit of a hater what, he, he doesn't you know he, he's too sold out and that's why he's telling me to run because he just wants to be in that environment <laughs> it's no 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 you'd be the same way he said like he feels I can't remember the, the maid's name but it's like I, I, I don't think she wants me around it wasn't on a jealousy tip mm. but it's like a black lady may not want to see a black guy with a white woman. Mm. And he may have seen that in that guy as well. That kind of hint of get out was, mm, mm. maybe I'm not meant to be around here. Yeah, it's, it's a like bit it, like Terry even... Crews with, you know, no blacks allowed <laughs> or white, so, party of white chicks. It's just even knowing who, knowing who you, your people are, like who you yeah. connect with. Like even when, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who, uh, Shakes uh, his hand, but not like when he. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, yeah. Um, yeah, his character. So when he's kind of like uh, they're having the whole banquet thing, and um, uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya takes a picture of him, and then you know, Lakeith like runs at him, but starts attacking him, and then when he's kind of replaying um, uh, this uh, the story to. Whoever Alison Williamson plays, uh, and he's like, "Oh, I, I felt like I knew the guy. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I felt like I knew the guy when he was coming at me because that was yeah. his real, real self. Yeah. That was some, mm. and it's just this idea of yeah, it's it's an excellent exploration it into is, navigating space um, in different environments." Way over my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I had to bring it into the room. To go, Let's do it here so you do kind of get a, a feel of how it goes. But yeah, your okay. turn, your turn, madam. Number three. Number three. Not many left. Okay, I'm going to go with Andrew Stanton and Lee Unkrich for Monsters Inc. Monsters Ooh. Inc. Yeah. All right. Nice. 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 And I really like the second one as well. I think. So do I. It was a well done sequel. It was a well done sequel. People give it hate. Yeah. It was basically Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Let, let's be real. You've never seen Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, it's very good. much, very much similar. But what I, you know, one other thing I want to put out for 
Monsters Inc. was Sully's Fair was the first oh, time. In, yeah, they did all the of the heads. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time they got movement out of in that. Mm. In, the, in Pixar, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. that. Yeah, that was big. That was big. Monsters Inc. is superb. The voice That's acting brilliant. is great, yeah. and mm. little Boo, Boo, love her. <laughs> and I love all the little Easter eggs, and everything kind of ties in together. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I think it was like a smart sort of smart of funny. Film. It was. It was in like it kind of served a little bit of an older audience. It definitely. Yeah. yeah. It, it was really good for you know. The older generation yeah. who always heard the stories of monsters in the bedroom or under the in the closet or under the bed, you know, it it just expanded on a story so which well. we've all heard. Yeah, they yeah. broke down the world so well. You got all of the the flying doors and yeah. yeah. Oh, I really love that. Really well done. And the message was great. You know, mm. not the power of fear, power of laughter. Yeah, peace and love. Yeah, yeah, that's big. <laughs> it was yeah, great. That's, that I did, that's my I did like three. some monsters. Inc. Your number two, AJ. <sighs> it hurts to say number two, but number one was number one. Let's not waste any time. Quentin Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs. Is my number two. I didn't put him on my list. The fuck? <laughs> not a fan? Not a fan of him personally, no. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And I feel but you like, like his films, but does, does he wind you up as a character enough that you don't want to tune into his films? He winds me up when he puts himself in the film. Yes. And then... <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's true. That gives true. himself the dialogue which ca- contains unnecessarily vulgar amounts of the use of the word n-word oh he does that in all his films though that's and why I the hateful eight's like, unwatchable yeah i don't I'm, like you don't need you as not a white to that man level. don't need to be in the film and then saying did this you see word, a like, sign at the front of my house that says dead in storage it's like dude no that's it's, that's it's not for not you mm. and then i've also like read about how he's take like literally stolen work from like asian films of course like, he has reservoir <laughs> dogs is a rip-off so it's a massive rip-off that, like it's, it's not an original it's, film it's not, yeah i can't give you credit for no, I hear that, I hear that. But, but it's a great back, film. <laughs> go, go, going back to the N-word and Hateful Eight. I, I've seen it. And, and quite six minutes films, in counting, so let's not one, go too yeah. deep. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, we'll wow, that, that was too much. And but yeah, no, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir the, Dogs, the one ensemble of the best, cast. Yeah, mm-hmm. ensemble cast and one of the best whodunits that I've seen mm-hmm. in a film. Yeah. But one but, of the best opening scenes that lays the seeds of whodunit. This is what I was going to say. Because you know, that opening are, scene yes. around yeah, the table, the yeah, yeah, they yeah, tell yeah, you everything. Yeah, 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 they yeah. tell you everything. They tell you who the rat is. They tell you what each guy's going to do. You can see Michael yeah. Madsen when he does that little. Psh, it's like he's unhinged. <laughs> all right. Yeah. No, it's it's ah, oh, and the dialogue. Madonna's big dick. I mean, all of oh that. My God. Just <laughs> yeah. so good. And the soundtrack. Tell me you can ever listen to Stuck in the Middle with You without thinking no. Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> no, I don't know anyone who can. You can't. I actually don't know anyone who can. Okay. Every time that song ends, I'm just like, hey, how are you? <laughs> uh, that was oh, both our two. Yeah, Press your number two. Uh, Tony K, American History X. No, no way, is that a debut? That is a debut. Fuck. <laughs> I'm really angry that no, got like left You might off. have done... Um, uh, couple maybe a tv movie or something like that but, but no. it's certainly a theatrical sure. directorial debut um, i love that film me it's, too it's, adore it yeah I, yeah that that film it's powerful and intense that's all it is power and intense and a great kind of story yeah, yeah. wonderful yeah. story um, have we been waved out the studio yet no, uh, no, no, no. he hasn't, he hasn't. I don't um, okay it. cool yeah. keep rolling um, yeah looking at that so it might be cool I hope he's looking at that. Um, Yeah, like Ed Norton's Mm. carries that film, like pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's when you give 
I mean, you obviously, like, you hear stuff about Ed Norton a bit, being a bit, like, over-controlling and stuff, but give him space to do what he wants. Oh, he's and, a genius. He's a he, fucking genius. He'll knock it out the park. Um, Every time. Yeah. Watch him in his first role in Primal Fear. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the, the switch with which he just, you know, goes from being calm to being psychotic. It's uh, Norton's a genius, but Furlong was good in this too, huh? I was going to say, yeah. both, yeah, both, yeah, Ed, no, no. both Ed's yeah. are powerful in this. I just love the film. Even the guy who plays Captain in um, Benjamin Sisko, I can't even remember, you know, who plays the headmaster, the teacher. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. So everyone, good. everybody has a role and owns it in this mm, film. Yeah. And that's what I love that about That Stomp the yeah. Curb scene is just yeah. iconic. Oh, it's, just, it's brutal, but it's just iconic. It's so that's always that's that how thing. I first heard about the film. Yeah. I heard there was yeah. Yeah. Film that, that. Do you know what? That's that, how I heard about the film. Yeah, that there was this. Yeah. But. Just going a small wrestling tangent before we do get kicked off. I think that's why they changed Seth's thing from curb stomp to stomp because you know he had that yeah. old oh. racist stuff kick off as well. I was like, there's no way they could keep it as the curb stomp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. been yeah, linked yeah, to yeah. racism, and now he's like sure. stomping everyone away. And yeah, <laughs> it was like the stomp. <laughs> Good nugget of info there. Yeah. Maybe it's true. <laughs> <laughs> How did you come up with that title, Black? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my number two. Love it. That's a Love fucking it. great show. I didn't, I didn't know, know that, that was a debut. debut. There you go. Uh, my number two is Tim Miller and Deadpool. Honourable. Honourable. Yeah. Oh, the today. only oh. reason I didn't put yeah. that on is because I didn't know what I could take off. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's so good, that first yeah, Deadpool yeah. film. Yeah. So good. So well done. So rewatchable. Right? Yeah. yeah. So rewatchable. And the marketing behind it was genius. I would have loved to have worked on that campaign. They did so much fun stuff. He had his the, own emojis. Yeah. He, they linked the script. <laughs> the skull, the poo, and the cross. Yeah, exactly. The dead poo L. <laughs> <laughs> what more yeah. do you need? Genius. Genius. That that film, I can tell you, this film is the first time ever where I was drinking coke and he said a line that made me. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think I was capable. That anyway, yeah. I thought there was a thing you see in movies that does, yeah. you know, it's not real. No, 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 it's real. <laughs> when he's had his hand cut off and he says to the blind oh, yeah. lady, "Now leave. I bet it feels huge with this hand." <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved it. That Absolutely loved it. That was big. Uh, that's, that's a good shout. That's a very good shout. Slipped my mind actually. No, right down the vulnerables, buddy. I couldn't. I couldn't no, do no, it no. though. I couldn't do it. Okay, my number, number one. one. No worst. Oh yeah. Oh. We don't. We don't have time to insta. But okay, worst. Yeah. So my worst. Before Will Ferrell was a man by the name of Tom Green, and Freddie got fingered. Thank you. That's my worst too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're in tune here. We're in tune on this one. I remember that one. I, I remember film. all of my friends were like, oh, you got to see it, you got to see it. Dad, you would you like some... I'm not even getting into okay, it. That I spent that made me laugh. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I gave that film all of 10 minutes and said, I am not wasting any more time. I don't and remember what Every time I've so gone on to... stupid. It was like, you know, it was, it was... He was definitely stoned writing, directing and acting in that. Yeah. But it's like, it was being outrageous just for the sake, sake of, of it, it without yeah. any, you know, it's like, oh, here's a dead deer in the middle of the road. I'm going to put it on me. Oh, here's my friend who's broken his bone. I'm going to lick the bone. It's like, the fuck? Next he thing was a weird guy, though. Next thing, we've got a pregnant lady in the fucking hospital and he's swinging the baby around the by Tom, the umbilical cord. It was a long cord, version like, of the Tom Green show. But like, what the fuck are we doing here? It was outrageous for the sake of being outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. We had long film, we had film versions of the Ali G show, mm. Borat. They yeah. all worked. 
But mind you, I watched they all had some substance yeah. to them. Yeah. Like, they were relevant. You know, Ali G talked about social inequality. Mm. Borat talked about racism. Bruno talked about homophobia. Yeah. They were they had a meaning behind them. Tom Green, I just just because you're outrageous doesn't mean you don't have a deeper meaning. But you look at this movie and you're like, why? What do you uh, let me let me really give you an open mind here and really try to see as an artist what were you trying to achieve? Fuck all. <laughs> a paycheck. A paycheck. Tracy Emin. Ooh. <laughs> no, he's not for me. He's not for me ever. No. And that film cemented that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. My worst too. Press your worst. Uh, I, I didn't actually have a worst. Uh, Join us. Tom Green. <laughs> <laughs> um, my one was oh, the room. We've been given the five minutes. Oh, we've been given the hands up. All right, so, we've uh, got to be quick then. My okay. one was the room. How dare you? My one was the room. It is I the worst. Watching. I, you I, haven't I, seen it to the end. No. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Okay, here's here's why. I've read fan fiction that's better than this. I'm not surprised. It is. It, it is. I've told you about this. It is officially, that, that objectively, as agreed by Hollywood, the, the worst, worst film that has ever, ever been, been made. Created. But now here's what's fascinating. This is why it made my number 10 and why I am going to fight for it. Okay. Quick. <laughs> Go for it. We talk about films for a little bit of time. You know, we talk about yeah. the big event films. This came out in 2003 and we are still, still talking, about. talking about it. Do this you think film... we're only talking about it still because they had made the remake recently? They didn't do oh, a not remake. The, remake the, spoof the film about it. the film. Yeah. Why did the film get made then? This is the question. Mm, if you've sure. got, and James Franco's not, you know, he yeah. is an artist. He's, yeah. you know, this is not someone who chases a paycheck for the sake of it. He saw the making of the, how this movie was made and he went, there's a story here. And what he it's put nuts. together with the disaster artist, tell me that wasn't a great film. It was fascinating to see how this, how this yeah. fucked up production. We've still yeah. got other number ones. Number ones, here we go. Okay. Well, we've talked about the worst film of all time. Now we're going to hit what people call the best film of all time. I've got the same number one as Citizen you. Kane, awesome Citizen Wells. Kane, awesome Now, is Wells. it a personal favourite of mine? Okay. No. But I mean, it is the greatest it's, it's, film it's, ever it's made. It's a good film. But when, we, if we're going to say <gasps> direct... I know. I still Don't haven't worry. seen it. It sounds boring. I was very late on oh. it. I was very, very late. As in, yeah. for this, I got okay. to see it. But here we go. Not only was it a directorial debut, he right. was acting in it. And he wrote it. And he produced and for, it. And produced it. And for that reason... Mm. And he was a kid. I, I'll be honest. I had it at number four and I jumped because I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You put some work into right. this. Yeah. <laughs> you put some work into this. And for a debut and for people to call it... Not the, personally, mm. but for people to call it the greatest the, yeah. film of all time. And that was your debut. Fair. Yeah. You got my respect. Fair. I have nothing to add. Fair. Um, I had uh, Frank Darabont's uh, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, number film. three, yeah. yeah. Big film. Uh, yeah. Absolutely Superb big film. film. Yeah. When you think that this was based off not even a book, a novella, mm. a fucking novella from Stephen King. Is it that thick? Yeah. And that, he turned it film. into this quintessential fucking prison movie. Mm. Yeah. I'll be honest, I only saw it this year and I was like, why did it take me so long? Mm. Why what? did it take me so Yeah, true. We How were doing one shoot? of our films. <laughs> 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 we were doing one of our films and I yeah. think it was three hour movies or something and I happened to catch it and I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Most people say this is their favorite film of all time. Oh yeah, this, like, is, this, this is a lot of people that say that. There's a lot of people that call it on the favorites. Yeah, uh, it's just so fucking fulfilling. He gets put through hell, yeah, and then yeah. he comes come through a river of, of shit and smelling of freedom. Oh, I, could, I was there with him on that. Yeah. So all right, my one. Your one. Um, mine's is Baz Luhrmann and Strictly Ballroom. 
Interesting. We like Baz Luhrmann. I love him. Yeah. Only because Romeo and Juliet is one of my favorite films of all time. And I was yeah. like, I have to see. And I didn't realize, because I remember watching that when I was like, what, 12, 13. Didn't yeah. understand the concept of this sort of drama around love and yeah. these two families that were kind of at each other's ends and realizing it was Baz Luhrmann who created that. It just kind of mm. blew my That's mind. Nice. we got to rush more of this now, guys. Do you know what? Let's just give everyone one apiece. <laughs> I don't know if we've got time to argue. Pick your one. Uh, well, I, you know what, screw it. I'll go Reservoir Dogs. Presh, your one. Which one do you want to pick? It doesn't have to be the top on your list. It's think about, think about what the Rushmore is, the four quintessential diverse mm. must-see movies of the genre. So think about all the different angles we okay. can cover here. We've got... I'm still saying Shawshank Redemption. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. What was your one? Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. I'm going to go with American Beauty. Great Ooh. shout. And I'm going to throw a spanner in the works. I'm putting the room in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, how can I give you one each? I'm a fool. I take it back. No. Do you know what? Let me break it down for you. J.J. Abrams was at the premiere of um, The Disaster Artist, and he said, there is not a film in history that has ever been made like this and which has, made, and which has remained over 15 years culturally relevant, mm. which is talked about in film schools, which is studied as working outside the system. Forget the quality of the movie it's not just the movie it's everything surrounding the movie it's yeah. the fact that this guy arrived with money no one knows where he got the money from no one knows who he is no one knows where the fuck he came from they don't even know his age or nationality and yet he gave a royal middle finger to the establishment of Hollywood he did he gave Hollywood the middle finger and went you know what you don't like me you don't like my acting fuck you I'm gonna make my own movie and you know what 15 years on James Franco is gonna tell the story of how the movie was made because it's that fucking original no hold on oh, hold no, on no it's terrible, but it's <laughs> it is terrible. Listen, but can listen. you think of a movie which is like, people talk so, about more? So, so for the record, because I actually thought you were going to go Citizen Kane and nope. Head Tubman Reservoir. <laughs> We've just left off Citizen Kane and American History X in order of the room. That is on you. You've left that off. No, no, no. I, listen, we had a joint. Rearrange one. your list. I'm talking. <laughs> we had a joint number one, and that's the. So guys, where's it's your been number one? Pleasure. We've only got Thanks, a couple guys, of minutes. Thanks, guys, for having us. This was yeah. fun. Uh, wow. Well, this was a lot. Of okay. Um, no, I've actually been loved has been brought up many a time. I'll very, very rarely have the opportunity to put the room on there. So let's run this rush more down. Have you got them all? Have you got them all? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the official Movie Mount Rushmore of the top 10 directorial debuts of all time in no particular order is. The room. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Our second entry is American Beauty. Our third entry is Shawshank Redemption. Our final entry into the top ten directorial debuts of all time is Reservoir Dogs. Now I kept mine to the end, not because I thought it was the best, just out of respect for you guys. Yeah. He's had to go work because it's not in no particular order, but that yeah. was the worst. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't give a crap. That is the way it's been. You ain't even seen it. Shut up. I don't, I, we don't have time for this argument right now. I feel like we should have a silver... Sc oh, let me give this guy a ten and add an extra hour just to debate this shit. Right now, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we need to do this again. We will be yeah, doing definitely. this again. Um, yeah. that, it's not even need to. It will happen again. So look yeah. out, guys. Please, guys, plug the socials. Plug yep. the socials while you can, please. We're on Facebook, uh, Big Picture Film Club, on Instagram, at Big Picture 
Film, film club, club and on Twitter, Big Pick Film Club. Oh, just go, also go to the website. BigPickFilmClub.com. Big 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 yeah. Cool. Also, I need to put another quick shout out. I was Wake. a bit of an idiot last time. And Eunice, I put plug tease Arsenal Time 1. It's actually not on Instagram, it's on Twitter. So please follow the Arsenal Time 1 on Twitter, not Instagram. Had to get it. Yeah, much love to you, Eunice. Much love also to GUAP Studios for hosting us today. Love the studios, love the facilities. If you guys are into podcasting based in London, come down, use their studio facilities. All the details are on their website, GUAP.com. If you want to do a collaboration with Big Picture Film Club, all the silver screen dudes, hit us up on our socials. We're there for you. In the meantime, please be sure to share this podcast with all the movie fans you may know. Please be sure to follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker, and everywhere where podcasts are found. That's it from us this week. So until the next time, I am the 1AJ, Anthony Jordan. I'm Nico Lero. See ya.